Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and basically whatever Drew wants to talk about. That's the (laughs) end more. So that way we can talk about food and TV and, and all the good stuff, right, Drew? Of course. We are at season four, episode 39. It is October. Happy October, everyone. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports part podcast. That sports podcast, if I can say it rightly. Right. First day with my new teeth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I am Jeff Baker. I'm your co-host stumbling along today. I don't know why, Drew. Stumbling along, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm joined by, in the background, you heard him the best voice, the best pipes in the, the business, Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here once again. Yeah, well, guys, we're recording this on Thursday night, so it's a little early than, earlier than we usually record. We'll still be posting it on, on Saturday uh, around noontime, but uh, forgive us if, if we miss any news that happens on, on Friday because we're, we're doing it a little early. We have some commitments this weekend, so we're, we're doing it on recording on Thursday night this week. Uh, and we just finished, what did we, what we just finished, Drew? Just finished our radio show. Just recorded that for uh, this weekend. That's uh, Sports Collectors Club. You can find it at sportscollectorsclub.com. Tune in on the Sports Map Radio Network to hear that one. If you've got an affiliate near you, just tune in right there on Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, Sundays, 7 a.m. Eastern. If you don't have one near you, just download their app. You can get on the uh, Apple Store, on the uh, Google uh whatever they call their store there. Uh, <laughs> anywhere anywhere you can so, get apps, right? Yeah, just download your download anywhere where there's an app. You can find it there. Tune in on there and go to sportscollectorsclub.com if you want to find any of our past episodes as well. Yeah, and guys, uh, we, are, we are on Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 and Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. That's Eastern time. Uh, and we have different content than we have on the podcast. So we don't tell the radio guys, but we save all the good stuff for you guys. We save all the good stuff. You get the extended interviews. You, you get our football picks. You get some Vern Rap Minute. You get our TTM returns. A lot, you get a lot of lot more stuff. Drew, Drew, Drew and I save the good stuff for the podcast. So we want to thank all our listeners. Our listenership is climbing. Our numbers are climbing every week. We, we love our listeners. Thank you, guys. Our new listeners, thank you for joining us. Our old our people that have been with us from the start, our, our diehards, we love you guys as well. And uh, just want to, you know, here let us know how we're doing if you you have a suggestion for guests let us know if you want to be on the show let us know we we just love to hear from you but uh i had a pretty good week drew i actually um it was it's was quite a week in terms of collecting stuff i've been kind of doing a little organizing but i did pick up two boxes of uh blaster boxes of tops chrome from target target.com and they got them in the mail uh yesterday and i opened them and uh, i got one of them was a hot box so usually you get four cards per pack and I got every one of my packs had five cards and every one of the packs had a special card in it, like a numbered card or a nice. different color card or, uh, you know, those, those special insert cards. It was a really fun pack 
fun box. That was the first box I opened. And I'm like, the second box is just going to be, there's no way it's going to equal it. And I opened it and I got a bunch of special cards in it. I didn't get a hot box, but I did get an autograph. Oh, nice. I never have luck getting autographs on, 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 uh, on these things. So I, I was very happy about it. And, uh, it was, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Topps Chrome. I know people, you know, they've had, they had problems with the, the, the short prints and stuff. And, you know, I'll probably pick them, them up some way. I might buy, I might just buy this, the set if, if they do have the set. But I, I thought the, I thought the cards are nice. I, I really, I'm really a big fan of Topps Chrome. Have you seen them yet? I have not yet, but uh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear there's a thumbs up on it there so I can go and check it out possibly. Yeah, not bad. How was your week? Pretty good. Uh, I had some in-person graphing, also pulled in some uh, trades and purchases here as well. So uh, got a couple of additions for my uh, top series stuff, including an Andres Jimenez from a friend of mine in Cleveland. Got me the uh, high number card right there, signed by him. Picked up in a trade, the uh, the 72 in-action Harmon Killebrew, signed nice. by him. That's a good one. Had to trade my uh, Earl Weaver 72 OPG to get it, but I will gladly take that deal. So uh, picked one up on eBay, Jeter Downs of... I compared this to all of his other autographs, and yeah, it matches it, unfortunately. But yeah, I got Jeter Downs on his heritage card. I mean, yikes! That's a uh... yeah. He, had, you know what? I saw him some. I saw that somewhere, and he has a, such a crappy signature. I wish these guys, yeah. the, especially these young kids, just sign your friggin' name. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Uh, did some, like I said, some in-person graphing as well. I was able to uh, at the Rangers game. They they've been having an alumni player at almost every Friday and Saturday game this past weekend. They did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Bobby Valentine was out there, so I was able to uh, get him in person. He's a great TTMer, of course, too, but it's always cool to see these guys in person, get to talk to them there. Um, yeah, you should ask him to be on the show, Drew. He I didn't even think of it. Yeah, I was. He would have been a good guy. To, I, I think he's a talker. I think he would have been a good guy oh, he for would. the show. Yeah. Uh, got Mike Bassick as well, former pitcher for the Indians, for uh, Washington, for what, the Mets as well, and the Rangers, too. So he does yeah. uh, some TV work there for the Rangers now, lives here in the Dallas area and does some radio stuff. And uh, the only active player that I was able to get uh, down at field level was at least a good one. Tristan McKenzie signed a uh, finish off oh, this nice. one I had by uh, Chris Bubich there. But yeah, he signed all three cards that I had with me there. You see one there, but love the way this one turned out as well. This uh, prism right there. He looks like a junior high kid, doesn't he? He does. I mean, he's, I mean, that's, they call him Dr. Sticks because I mean, he is built like a, like a pile, like a couple of sticks basically there. Kind of like oil can Boyd, right? Isn't doesn't yes. he, that kind of physique? Yeah, he uh, he definitely had. It's the uh, the body by Pedro series, basically there. Because I mean, yeah. Pedro Martinez, he's another guy who's what like. I mean, he's definitely taller than Pedro's. Pedro's only like you know five nine, five ten or so, but it seemed like he weighed about one fifty. And yeah, Mackenzie, I mean, he's not not much heavier than that, I don't think, and probably an eight inches taller. So, do you find the guys at the end of the year they're signing more because they're you know they're they see the light at the end of the tunnel and that the then the pressure's off. You know, the Rangers haven't been playing for anything for a while. And now the Indians or the Guardians, sorry, the Guardians are basically clinched it. So they're, they're kind of on cruise control. Do you find the guys signing a little more now? It kind of goes, yeah, almost like a reverse bell curve kind of. They sign a lot early on in the season. Then it kind of drifts off. And by the time you get hit around like August or thereabouts, they just do not want anything to do with it. Then once you get into September, they might pick it up a little bit again. Cause it's like, all right, fine. Yeah, the pressure, like you said, the pressure's off. There's the light at the end of the tunnel there. They know that, all right, we're coming to an end here. Yeah, we'll pick up the pen a couple more times. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit a little bit of that for some of these guys. Now, I'd like I said, I mean, McKenzie was the only one I got there, but he was one of maybe two players I even saw out on the field at any point. So I was happy just to get him out of anybody. Yeah, you know what? I I, I, felt, I forgot to mention uh, on the radio show, but 
we should definitely mention our friends and, and family and people that we know, especially the guys at CSG in Florida with the yeah. the uh, hurricane that just that just ran through. And uh, I've seen video of it, and it looks terrible. We, my wife and I, love going to Fort Myers Beach, and Fort Myers Beach just got destroyed. Yeah. It got hit hard in the hurricane. I know uh, our friends at CSG; they are in Sarasota. My uh, friend Michael Bird, who uh, is at the uh, the the basketball, the Naples basketball event, he runs that. Oh, yeah. He's in Naples, so we have a lot. We have I have a lot of people that I know down in that area. And it's a beautiful area, and hopefully they can build up and recuperate and recover quickly. Uh, you know, Sanibel Island I've been to, and it's you know the the bridges to go to Sanibel Island got washed out, and it's I don't know if you've seen the videos, Drew, but it's it's harrowing. I've seen a few pictures, and I've got some friends that live down there. They said their house ended up all right, but they said you go a mile up the road, and there's like a restaurant there, the parking lot is completely underwater the entire way there. So, yeah, hopefully they're able to get out of that. Everyone's able to get out of that all right, and. Uh... Unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast there with Florida. I mean, that's that's Hurricane Central right there. Yeah, and Tim Tim Virgilio from from Signatures or Soldiers down there. Those are, there's a lot of guys that that uh, we're, we're thinking of. I know Tim Tim messaged the uh, earlier that he's okay and his his family's okay, which is good. So uh, thoughts and prayers to all our friends in South Southwest Florida, and uh, you know, it the the we'll re, they'll rebuild, but hopefully, you know. Property can always replace as long as you're you get you get your health and you get your family. That that's what's key. But it was, I mean, they they had cars were floating and boats were all over the place and it was just water everywhere and oh what a mess. So that's a, that that was a tough one. Well, guys, we have a, a let's let's get a, let's get back to some fun stuff, right? Yeah, so we have a exactly. we have a really fun show for you this week. We have Scott Tarter, who was a CEO and founder of DroppingDimes.org, and Darnell Hillman, who was Doctor Dunk. He was the first um, winner of the NBA uh, Dunk Contest in 1977. And we're going to talk to Scott and uh, Darnell about the ABA and all the things that's going on with dropping dimes and talk to Darnell about signing autographs and um, deal, dealing with fans and all that kind of stuff. And then we have Tim Virgilio to come on and talk to us about what's going been going on with uh, signature soldiers and, and talk about the great charity that he's been working on. So we've got a lot of stuff planned for you next week. We have Warren Lufer from arena club arena club is a new grading company and the one that's um, fronted by Derek Jeter. And we talked to Warren about the, the, the new grading company, Arena Club. So that will be next week. It's a, I had a really great interview with Warren. Warren is uh, got his finger on the pulse of the the hobby. And he's uh, he was a really interesting interview. So we have that next week. This week, Scott Tarter and Darnell Hillman and Tim Virgilio. So we've got a great show for you, including all our regular segments. Right, Drew? Absolutely. We've got Baker's Dozen, where we'll be talking about all of the news from this past week or so in the hobby world. Fast forward football, where we're going to make our really bad football picks once again here. We uh, actually didn't do too badly this week, I didn't think, but uh, get into those here for our next week's picks as well. Tim from Signatures for Soldiers, you just mentioned him. We're going to be hearing from him as well later on in the show. Making the grade, we'll cover everything about the world of card grading. Stamp approval, Jeff and I give our two thumbs up to anything that uh, came across our minds here in the last week or so. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we're going to cover any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, politics, music, movies, whatever you got. We'll try to cover it all in there. And, of course, the reason why you're here, our TTM returns. Coming up next, guys, text us. We'd love to hear from you. Text us at 978-729-0662. That's 
729-0662, or the best way to get us in, the one that Drew gets a nickel for every time we say it is our email. What's our email, email address, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. Send us emails, guys. We love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Well, that wraps up all our, our, our housekeeping and introductions. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's going on in the hobby. A lot of stuff going on. I just want to remind everyone to check out my article on, on TTM and autograph uh, collecting in sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's posted every Tuesday, usually Tuesday morning. Make sure you check it out. I put all my TTM successes. Sometimes we get some tips in there. Uh, it's a fun article, so check that out. I also, uh, we, we welcomed last week, but I just want to remind everyone about our brand new sponsor, Drip Shop Live. Drip Shop Live. It is dripshop.live. And uh, this is a, a marketplace, a new uh, live online marketplace for sports cards. They have giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, all that right on your phone or desktop. They offer free shipping and they're offering for TTMcast listeners $50 off your first purchase of $20 or more, which is kind of cool. You get, you know, you can get into a break or buy a, a, a hobby block, a, a blaster box for 20 bucks. It's only going to cost you $5 because they're going to give you 15. So you go to drip shop live. That's D R I P S H O P dot live forward slash invite forward slash TTM. Once again, drip shop dot live forward slash invite forward slash ttm that gets you 15 dollars off your first purchase of 20 dollars more drip shop live brand new marketplace check it out great great people there let them know we're gonna have we're gonna have uh the director of their sports um business i guess on in a couple of weeks and we're gonna we're gonna have some interaction with some people from drip shop live so we're looking forward to that. So welcome again. Welcome, welcome to our friends at Drip Shop Live. Lastly, Drew, I am going to be at the Northeast Sports Card Expo, which is going to be Sunday, October 16th. That's only in a couple of weeks now from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Quincy Marriott in Quincy, Massachusetts. There is all sorts of uh, former athletes that are going to be there, including Jim Lomborg, 1967 Cy Young winner, Cedric Maxwell, 1981 MVP of the, the NBA uh, Finals. Reggie Lemelin, former Bruin. Dara, uh, Dana Barros, who played for BC and the Celtics in Seattle. Tully Benta Kane will be there. Uh, Patrick Pass will be there. They've got a bunch of other guys. And Lenny Donato, anyone that goes gets in, they can get a free autograph from Lenny Donato. And the autographs, guys, are only but like $10 or $15. So they're very affordable. Check it out. I am going to be there. I'll be recording interviews with some of these guys. I'll be recording interviews with you if you're there. If you're you want to be on the show, I'll be there. With Drew Drew will be there uh, 
virtually, I think, uh, on the computer right. maybe for a, for a little of it. So we're yep. we're gonna we're gonna be all over the Northeast Card Expo, and then what we'll do is we'll probably run a show that week, maybe like the seventeenth um, or eighteenth. I'll, I'll I'll run the show like Drew and I did on the national. We'll we'll play that as a, uh, it's a own show. So Northeast Sports Card Expo, it's the very first one. It is Sunday, October sixteenth, nine to four. It is at the Quincy Marriott. It is $10 to get in, and the autographs are like $10 to $15. Very affordable. So I mean, if you're going to be there, stop by and say hello. Okay, Drew, now I can breathe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got some big news that's already hit from memory lane. Uh, as of the time we were recording this show, Aaron Judge has not yet hit home run number 62. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's coming, but memory lane has offered already two million dollars for whoever catches that uh, home run ball number 62 uh, if you're watching number 61 ended up in the blue jays bullpen dropped by a fan had it right hit him right in the hands there not quite able to haul it in i mean on a positive note i i mean i, I feel for the guy because it wasn't zach hampel that uh dropped it had it been zach i would have been laughing very heartily at that but uh yeah it sucks for the dude that uh caught that almost caught that one but $2 million already for a home run that hasn't even yet been hit. So uh, interesting that's out there. And well, just uh, that's going to increase the number of people that are going after that ball. I'm sure. Yeah. But someone's going to get their arm broken, I think. <laughs> and then I, I saw another company offered $1 million for his last home run ball this year. So 62 was not the last one, but it's certainly breaking, I guess, breaking the AL record, right? That's the, that's the, that's the significance of it. But if he does get up to 65 or 66 or whatever the number is, where if someone catches the last home run ball, they're offering a million dollars. And I bet that goes up as well. So um, it, it's crazy in terms of memorabilia. You know, we just saw the uh, Michael Jordan uniform, the last dance uniform went for what? $10.1 million and collectibles.com. They own the a rookie Will Chamberlain uniform that somebody offered them $3 million for. Well, it was rejected because 90% of the owners on collectibles said, no, we want to keep it. So it's kind of cool. I, I, I spoke with Ezra Levine from collectibles the other day. We're going to have him on the show in a couple of weeks uh, to talk about this and more what's going on at collectible.com. But um, it's kind of, kind of neat that the people that own this stuff want to hold on to it. You know, I don't know if they want to hold on to it because it, they're, they love the, the, being owning a part of it or they think that it's more valuable than three million dollars which you might be but it's it's kind of neat that that there there is um that there is there's that possibility so check it out at collectible.com you know i'm actually going to be uh mentioning the uh last home run ball for aaron judge i'm actually going to be at his last regular season game well get out in the outfield would you <laughs> i wish i could i'm going to be actually in one of those fuel level suites right next to the yankees dugout so uh, it's like I think I'd rather have the uh, have that uh, close spot right there rather than be in whatever kind yeah, of crazy that's gonna crowd. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Hopefully he plays. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see, I mean, I think he probably will, but uh, yeah, we'll see. See what happens. So you, you might have some good graphing seats, right? No? That's exactly what I'm hoping. I've already pulled all of my Yankees in the uh, Heritage set there that just in case. So keep my fingers crossed. It's going to be right there. They've got full netting over it, but I'm hoping there's just enough space that maybe I can – slide a card through it or something like that. So Did the Rangers do anything special in the last game? I know the Red Sox actually are doing a cool thing. They're doing a kind of a Willy Wonka. They're doing a golden ticket and they're, they're taping golden tickets to the bottom of some seats at Fenway. And that gets you access to like free memorabilia or free tickets for next year or all sorts of other cool stuff. So 
you know, the Red Sox have been out of for a while. I think they're trying to get people to go to the games. I think the last weekend they're doing this golden ticket thing. Are the or the Rangers doing anything similar? I haven't heard anything, but I haven't really been paying super close attention because uh, their fan appreciation week was this past week because that was what was supposed to be, excuse me, the final week of the regular season there. So they already scheduled all that. But yeah, I don't know if they've got some other stuff coming up or not, but I'll definitely be keeping an eye out. I mean, yeah, my biggest thing, like I said, I'm going to be right next to the dugout. I'm hoping that's going to be some graphing chances there. And hey, if I get really lucky, maybe an Aaron Judge autograph out of those. Very cool. We'll hey, did you see these new starting lineups? I did. Yeah. we've. I mean, we've been talking about these for God, how long? A couple months now. Well, yep. More than a couple months. It's been about since probably, what, January or February when it was first announced. We've been talking about them there. But you have got, what, six NBA stars they put out for that first series of them. LeBron, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid among them. So big names right there. But a uh, little bit of higher of a price tag than I was anticipating there. Cause, I mean, back when I was a kid, you could get them for what? Between, like, you know, three bucks to maybe eight bucks or so when they finally did their last series of them there or something. And, you know, okay, yeah, maybe 15, 20 bucks. $50 I had fifteen. I had $15 in my mind. I was like, yeah. like, oh, maybe $15, $20 like you, and I'll buy them. But $50, yeah. I think I'll wait till they come down to price. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, it just goes back to, like, when I was a kid. I mean, how many dealers out there would scoop them up for 5 bucks at Toys R Us, and then, you know, they take the big names and sell them in their store for 40 bucks? So it's uh, maybe helping prevent some of that kind of stuff a little bit. But still, I mean, that's uh, – prices to be out of the market right away on those whenever they come out with any uh, players that I'm interested in. But – they do the look neat, though. Did so you see start. them? They do look neat. Yeah, they've uh, yeah, I've seen a couple pictures at least there. So the detail is definitely better than like look back at those nineteen eighty eight versions there that were just so generic looking. They finally started you know making them a little bit more more individualized there later on. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a better effort there this uh, this time around. So well, Drew, this is a, kind of a new segment. I think we'll do this maybe once a quarter. Uh, we're talking after the first three weeks of the football season, and I. I, I, I said it's market movers, but it's not really a market movers. It's just uh, these are guys in, in the NFL who we want to either. I'm going to give you a name and then you just tell tell me if we should buy them, sell them or hold them. OK, guys that you really think think we should. You, oh, it's, there's a great investment potential there. or I really like them. Sell them. Nope. He's hit the hit the high or just hold on to him now because, uh, you know, he might go up. So why don't we why don't we talk quarterbacks first? Right. How about Tua? What do you think about Tua as a buy, sell, or hold? I'm on the bandwagon. I'm going to say go ahead and buy on him. He's been impressive here the first couple of weeks. Yeah, just go out there, buy him right now. I think he he's he's still affordable. I think he I think he's still at an affordable level. I agree. All right, this one, wah, wah, wah. My guy, Mac Jones from the New England Patriots. What do you think? sell him get a time machine and sell him is what i can say there i mean he was uh he is i think he has peaked that injury that he's had here is not going to help him at all sell 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 i agree how'd you like to be the guy that spent a hundred thousand dollars or one hundred seventy five thousand dollars on the on the mac jones card remember that remember that came yeah, out you, the that happened. you and i were both card. looking going oh my god this, that's that's not good dude what are you thinking and well we've we're, we've been right so far all right, let's stick in with quarterbacks. Uh, we'll put these guys two together because they came out at the same time. Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. What do you think of Burrow and Herbert? Buy, sell, or hold? I'm going to say hold on both of them right now. I think, I mean, Burrow, of course, had a pretty high peak there recently with, you know, taking a team to a Super Bowl. He's fallen off a bit lately, but I think he's got so much around him. I think he's got so much talent that hold on to him for now. He'll come back up. Justin Herbert, I think the same thing. I think it's another guy that, uh, I mean, he's been, he's had a huge peak already, but I think they both have the ability there. They have the talent there to regain their form from last season. So hold on to those guys. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to fluctuate too much. I think Herbert getting hurt might hurt him a little. Burrow's kind of started slow, right? But I, I would hold on to them as well. All right, how about the legends? Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Buy, sell, or hold? Those, I mean, to me, those guys are both holds. Those, I mean, you've got two elite legendary quarterbacks. Those guys are not going to lose any value. I think a lot of their stuff, it's, I mean, some of their better stuff is going to be way out of a lot of people's price range. So I would say buy on something. If you can find something cheap, definitely buy it. If you're holding on to something, keep on holding it. It's, uh, I mean, you can't really go wrong with either of those two guys. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers might even be undervalued a little yeah. still. I think I, I think Brady is is overvalued right now because of the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, being Tom Brady and being the GOAT. But I think because of Brady, Aaron Rodgers is undervalued in a lot of instances, and I might actually buy Aaron Rodgers. All right, a couple of wide receivers, Drew. We have uh, Justin Jefferson from Minnesota. Had a great first week. It's kind of calmed down the last two weeks. What do you think of Justin Jefferson? He's another one that I would hold for now. The wide receiver market is just so volatile, it seems like. And even, I mean, just wide receivers themselves can be so volatile, just like you said there. Jefferson having a great first week kind of cooled off a little bit after that. I'd say hold for now, just, you know, keep an eye out on him, just see what happens. But yeah, he's a hold for me. All right. How about Jamar Chase from the Bengals? What do you think? He, 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 he came out. No one knew him really. When, not, not No one knew him, but he was really undervalued when he came in and he had a, he had a great uh, rookie year and, and, and it was the play, Super Bowl last year. And I think his value kind of skyrocketed, but it, he hasn't really done much because I think Cincinnati has a, a tough first three weeks. What do you think of Jamar Chase? He's another one that I'm going to say hold now, just because, I mean, again, the volatility of wide receivers there, it's hard for me to get a, really get a gauge on them. If you get a good offer, sell them. If you can find something cheap, buy them. But for the most part, hold them. All right. And how about, how about this guy? He was, I believe he won MVP last year. And we're talking about Cooper Cup, who's replicating his, his MVP season last year in the first three weeks. He's had a great first three weeks. I, I think he might be undervalued still. What do you think? Absolutely. He's, I mean, yeah, Super Bowl MVP there, like you said. He had, uh, he was the wide receiving triple crown winner last year. I mean, led the league in every receiving stat. And yeah, I mean, okay. I and mean, he plays well, in LA, Drew. He's, you yeah. would think in playing a major market, he he would have uh, much more appeal. But I, I'm not sure the collecting community has gravitated him to like they did Barrow and Herbert. Yeah. And so, I mean, a little bit of homerism on my part because I'm sitting on several of his rookie cards, but I would say buy and buy or hold, depending on where you're at. If you have his stuff, hang on to it because I think it's going to be going well. If you need some of it, jump on it now while it's cheap. I think he's got some potential there. How about Delvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings? He hurt his shoulder uh, last week. He might be out for a week or two. What do you think of Delvin Cook? Running backs are just so tough because, again, I mean, they kind of have a short shelf life. There's a little bit of volatility there, like what you see in wide receivers. I would say hold with the possibility of sell, honestly. I just – I think I'd sell. I, yeah, I yeah. thought – you know what? When the season started, I thought he was undervalued, but I think I'd sell now. I think he, I think he, he's hit his peak. And lastly, how about Derrick Henry, who may or may not be a Hall of Famer, but he's had, he's had a great career. What do you think of Derrick Henry from, from the Titans? I think the words potential future Hall of Famer definitely are applicable there. I would hold on to it just because of that. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, running backs may be volatile, but he has proven himself year after year that he is the guy out there. And if he's not the guy, he's one of the top three guys every single year. I would say hold, and if you can find it for cheap, consider buying. I would buy him. I think he's, I think he's undervalued. I think, I think he's, uh, you know, he's not Emmett Smith certainly, but he's the next level down. Don't you think? I think, I mean, I, he's a solid he, Jerome Bettis, right? 
Is he Jerome yeah. Bettis? There you go. Yeah, that's a good comparison right there. I mean, both big guys who can, you know, flatten everybody in their path. Yeah. Also aren't playing in, you know, huge markets or anything like that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to be, you know, Emmett, Barry, Jim Brown or anything like that. They're going to be that second tier right there. They're always going to be putting up solid numbers and that size is going to help them possibly have a longer career too. Cause they're not, I mean, they're taking the beating out there, but they've got the body to be able to do it. Yeah. I think he has some more productive years, a couple more productive years to him. He plays in a smaller market and he hasn't really had any um, playoff exposure too much, but uh, the Titans aren't bad this year. I think I would buy Derek Henry. Well, guys, I hope you like that new segment. We're going to try to do it maybe every quarter just to give you our, our thoughts on some of the guys that have been playing in the NFL. We're much better at predicting uh, cards than games. We, we, we do much better at that, right, Drew? Yeah, definitely. Well, this was a, a TTM of note. I saw, I, I, I want to I say this is a 95% confirmation. I did not get anything on this, but I did see a couple posts on it. Uh, Lou Whitaker, who played for second base for the Tigers, he was charging $25, and he's saying he's not signing TTM in it. He's not signing through the mail anymore. Um, I'm going to say we're going to report that it is um, – I've seen a couple of returns this week from him, but I've also seen a bunch of guys saying they got notes from Lou that's saying that he's not signing through the mail anymore. So keep we'll keep your abreast on that, but be careful if you're signing something, sending out something to Lou Whitaker now. I don't think he's signing TTMing anymore. Drew, have you seen anything on that? I haven't yet, but I'm taking a look on uh, sportscollectors.net right now. Nothing about him not signing. There have been a few that a uh, few uh, successes here in the last couple of weeks there or so, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen it on signing, Facebook but... and Instagram. So uh, I'm comfortable enough. Just be careful if you're setting out to do Lou Whitaker, if there's something that you, you really don't want to lose. I would just be careful about that. Well, that that uh, that wraps up some of the Baker's dozen stuff for new stuff. But we have some new releases to let you know about. There's a lot of new releases this week. Uh, 2022 Panini Element Elements football came out. It, uh, you get one pack of five cards, two autographs, and one memorabilia for 400 bucks. That's uh, 2022 Panini Elements football, one pack, five cards, $400. Got some uh, hockey coming out here as well from Upper Deck. Artifacts hockey from the 21-22 season. So a uh, late uh, last season offering is coming up here from Upper Deck. $140 the price tag on that one. You'll get eight packs, four cards per pack. So 32 cards in there. Out of those 32, though, three autographs or memorabilia cards will be in there on that $140 tag. And 2022 score football is out. A lot of cards, you get 10 packs, 40 cards per pack. So they're big fat packs, right? They call those fat packs. You get a lot of cards, four autographs. Scores are usually a lower priced item. Uh, this one's $185. So it's certainly not prism or select, but it's still a little pricey, you know, I think for score. 185 for 2022 score football that just came out. Got a, a Prism offering that's coming out now as well from baseball this time from Panini. 12 packs, 12 cards, so 144 cards in that box. There are three autographs to get out of the box. $175, so a lower price tag than we've seen on some of the Prism offerings here lately, but uh, definitely good to see that one as, uh, I mean, I'm always liking Prism stuff, and so a baseball set coming out at a fairly affordable price. That's the price point Prism should be at. I'm sorry, yes. right, or, right about there. Uh, we have 2022 Tops Pro Baseball Debut. Uh, there's 200 cards in the base set. You get four autos in a box. You get 24 packs, eight cards per pack. So you get a lot of cards. Uh, $85 for, for a, a hobby box, which is very affordable. So check that out. You can get maybe get some good prospects in there. 
I was hoping that one would have been out uh, during the national. That's what they've done the last couple of years there, but just, uh, I guess, kind of ran behind on that one, but yeah, that was yeah. a very solid pickup. Top, excuse me. Tops has been delayed. Like all their stuff is delayed. All their, all their baseball stuff is delayed for one reason or other. Got some uh, Chrome offerings coming up for them here. If you're a fan of those mega box, the top sometimes puts out, they're doing a 2022 tops Chrome logo fractor mega box. It's available at tops.com. And what you're going to get out of there, it's five packs of five Chrome cards plus two logo fractor packs in there. That's going to have a price tag of only about $50 or so. So that's a, I like that. I kind of like it. It sounds like a cool product right there. Yeah. We're doing this on, on Thursday. So uh, as of the, as of about, I don't know, three o'clock on Thursday, they were still available. They're only ex- available exclusively on tops.com. And I saw where they're only uh, producing between 40 and 50,000 boxes of these things. So, um, you know, pick them up it's the, the I, again i like the time pops chrome low uh chrome they're good the load logo fractors are kind of cool but you get two packs of logo uh fractors which gives you i think 10 cards not bad for 50 bucks well that wraps up baker's dozen we're gonna talk a little fast forward football drew fast forward football hit the button guys if you don't like for if you don't like our picks time <laughs> to hit the fast forward button Time to hit that button. Fast forward football, guys. Drew and I making our picks right now. Hit fast forward right now. All right, fast forward football, Drew. I had a good week. Four and one. You were out two and three. Not too bad. We, I, I am up two, two weeks to one. Luckily, we're not doing uh, records totals, right? We're just doing weeks. So I'm up right, two right. weeks to one. This week, we have five games to pick. Uh, I got to ask I, real quick, uh, before, before we go into this, our thing from a couple of years uh, from last year was if any of us goes five and zero, oh, that's it, game over. We're done for the season. <laughs> Are we doing that again this year? Like if anybody, no, no, if no, we're goes, not putting people. Okay. We're not people Does, putting people out of our misery. We'll probably never go five and zero. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say if one of us goes five and zero, oh, just declare them the winner for the entire thing, and bam, that's it or something. But all no, right, no, no, we'll no, we're gonna we're gonna go all seventeen weeks this year. Cool. It won't. We won't do playoffs, but yeah. well, maybe we'll do something for playoffs, but. We got five games to pick from. We always pick five games. Um, Drew, uh, why don't, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Uh, you take this one. You go ahead first. Okay. So we got your Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are getting one and a half points. Cleveland's kind of been hot and cold, right? You, your Browns have been – some weeks they come out and they look great. Other weeks they come out and they don't look like they ever played football before. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, Mariota's actually been doing pretty good, and so does Cordell Patterson. Um, I'm not sure what to expect on this one. Uh, I, it pains me, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. All right. Who do you like? Yeah, um, I mean, like you said, the Browns have been kind of hot and cold, but they are, I mean, either – you could say that they're either one lucky late field goal away from being a one-and-two team – or you can say that they are one bad defensive stand away from being a three and O team. I'm going to have to go with the Browns on this one. I mean, that spread is just small enough there. I think the Browns can overcome that point and a half. Okay, cool. All right. Game two, we have the Buffalo bills who disintegrated right <laughs> against yeah. Miami last week at uh, the Ravens who look like world beaters uh, against the Patriots. And we're going to go, the Ravens are getting three points. So the Ravens getting three points against the Bills. Who do you like, Drew? I think the Bills bounce back. I don't think they let that happen again. Uh, Miami has been, uh, Miami has been tough this year. They've, they've proven themselves. The Bills lost to them there. I think they bounce back though against the Ravens and take this one. 
I'm going to go with the Bills too, my friend. I, I think we might be in trouble this week. We might have all the same pick. Yeah. All right. Next game, the New England Patriots with uh, who the who the heck's Brian Hoyer as starting Oof. quarterback at Green Bay going to Lambeau Field. Green Bay is giving nine and a half points. I can't remember the last time the Patriots got nine and a half, almost 10 points a game. Uh, the Patriots defense is not that bad. The offense is going to be putrid, though. I don't know if they're going to score 10 points. Uh, so nine and a half points is a lot to give, but I'm going to go with Green Bay. You haven't won a Patriots game yet this year. You're 0-3 in Patriots games, by the way. I know, and I've seen him going, oh, crap, I was going to go with Green Bay, too, but it's like I, we're, we're going to have only like – we're down only two games now when, I'm, when I take Green Bay here that are going to differentiate us this week because I can't – I mean, yeah, Green Bay is always tough at home. Green Bay against a an absolutely rancid Patriots offense is going to be even tougher. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, Green Bay by 10. Yeah. Okay. All right. We, we're all you, – you know how you guys can make money this week. You just pick Atlanta, Baltimore, and, and the Patriots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. This, this is a good game. Kansas City at Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay is getting two points. I'm not sure where this game is going to be played. I'm not sure if they're playing it in Tampa. They talked about maybe playing it at Minnesota. Brady said, no, I'm not going to Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, did, do, have you heard where they're going to play this game, if they are going to play it in Tampa or not? I have not heard anything at all. I mean, I completely forgot to even look into it. Um, kind of makes me wonder, okay, are the Cowboys playing at home at all? Because if not, I mean, you've got AT&T Stadium wide open right there. And you know, Jerry Jones is just going to be like, yes. No, no, and New Orleans, is, New, Orleans is, New, Orleans is, New Orleans is in England. They're playing Minnesota in London. So maybe they Well, there play. you go. You've got, uh, you've got New Orleans open then too. So there's, I mean, they've got a few options then that they can go to. So, okay, uh, this is your pick, my friend. Kansas City Chiefs at Tampa. Tampa getting two. You get two points if you take uh, Brady. Brady in the, in the Tampa Bay Bucks. It goes to a neutral site. I think I have to go with Kansas City on this one. So I'm gonna gonna go with KC here. But that's, I mean, I think that's gonna be the game of the week, though, right there. I mean, you've got, of course, I mean Brady, the greatest, right there, against the upcoming potentially greatest uh, of this coming era or current era here in Mahomes. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Kansas City. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tampa just so we have one we have one different one. Okay. All right. I, I'm I would kind of lean towards Kansas City as well, but I think I'll take Tampa on the points. I think I think it might be a, a close game. Tampa's defense is very good. Kansas yeah. defense not as good. So I'm hoping uh, Tampa can put up some points. They're getting um, Mike Evans back. Oh yeah, from suspension. So we'll hopefully get some points there. All right, our last game is the LA Rams at San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers. Who did they play last week? They they lost Denver. They were in Denver yeah. and they lost like 11 to 10. It was a, a defensive game it was it was really not a good game uh and the ram the rams have been looking good so rams at san francisco san francisco is giving uh a point and a half two points two and a half points i'm going to take the rams all right all right drew you want san francisco or you want you want to say the rams i'm gonna go with san francisco i mean i was leaning toward the rams but now let's go ahead and uh and keep it different here i think san francisco could potentially bounce back after that, like I, like you said, that was just, I mean, a really weird and uh, just at times borderline unwatchable game there. It was Denver. an unwatchable game. It really was. So that it was, I mean, I that's, that's they what, said it's only the second time in NFL history there's been an 11 to 10 final in a game. Yeah. Well, that was a game at one point. It was like seven to five, right? Yep. It was, 
Just, it, it was just too many like, field goal attempts here and there. Not, not, not that entertaining game. Well, guys, we got two, three of the same teams. We're going Cleveland against Atlanta. We're going the Bills over the Rams. We're going Green Bay over the Patriots. Drew has Kansas City. I have Tampa Bay. Drew has San Francisco. I have the Rams. There we go. Five cool. games picked. All right. Welcome back, guys. Fast forward football is over. Drew, next yes. up, signatures for soldiers. We have an interview with Tim Virgilio talking about his the the best the best uh, the best best, best uh, charity event, charity site, charity. Uh, what do we call it? Charity th- charity for the whole hobby, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's using he's using autographs to help out uh, wounded veterans, which is a, a great thing. So we talked to Tim about what's going on with signature of the soldiers. Please enjoy my interview with Tim Virgilio for with uh, signature of the soldiers. Please keep in mind that I interviewed Tim before the hurricane, so we did not mention anything about Florida and the hurricane. So please enjoy my interview with Tim Virgilio from Signatures for Soldiers. Joining us from his home and headquarters uh, in Florida is Tim Virgilio. Tim is probably my most important guest I have every year. <laughs> he is, of course, uh, founder and president and chief bottle washer and does everything for Signatures for Soldiers. Um, the charity, I think the charity for our hobby. And I'm going to talk to Tim about what's going on with Signatures for Soldiers and uh, let you guys know how you guys can help out uh, his cause because it's a great cause. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again. Always great to talk with you, Jeff. You as well. Tim, I know you've been doing this from for, since 2014. And before we get to talk about what you guys do, um, did you ever think it would take up so much of your life in terms of, you know, you started this kind of on a whim and all of a sudden, you know, it, it's encompassed so much of your life in, in the last couple of years? No, no, I, I really didn't. Um, you know, I've talked a lot previously about just how this has just gone beyond what I could have ever even dreamed of. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about it taking up time for me, it's it's time well spent. I mean, otherwise I'd be doing something else with my free time. That probably is <laughs> not as it, constructive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, no, but it, it's been really great. It's been extremely humbling to have just so many people get behind this crazy idea I had eight years ago and, and just to see how it's grown and, and the impact it's had on the lives of, of homeless and disabled veterans has just been absolutely amazing. Well, to let people know, you know, you've been on the show before, and and if you've been to the national or any of these the big shows, you guys have a presence there. We're talking, of course, about signatures for soldiers. So, Tim, how did it become come about? And um, when you started it way back in November, is this how you envisioned it uh, becoming over the years? And, and uh, you know, said, so talk about some of the projects that you guys have helped, uh, you know, wounded veterans. Sure. So. Um... <clears throat> November of 2014, I'm literally sitting around watching Thursday night football and um, just started thinking about ways that I could continue to help a nonprofit that was doing home repairs, home remodels for homeless or for, for disabled veterans, and then also doing a lot of work to support homeless veterans. And, you know, I just, I just thought to myself, you know, 
any nonprofit can always use money. So I just kind of started taking, so I just started thinking about it and, and I came up with this idea of taking my hobby of collecting autographs and turning that into a fundraising project for this particular charity. And that's really how it started. The original goal was $500. Um, and way back when right you need even think 500 dollars was, was was like wow how am i going to get 500 dollars yeah exactly because you know my uh, my thought process was you know i'll i'll sell the cards for literally you know two three four five dollars a piece you know depending on the player that type of thing and you know it, at that rate you know it would take me a hundred plus autographs to to hit the 500 dollar mark and um you know, that's really how it started. Um, I, I had, at that time, I, I hadn't put a name on it, didn't have a logo, didn't have a business plan, didn't have a marketing plan, it, you know, had none of that. And just very organically through social media, it's, um, it, it's just expanded into something that I could never have dreamt of. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I've, never wanted to be the face of this um <laughs> you know because i have the perfect face for radio as they say you and me both uh, um so you know and and it's it's just grown and grown and it's become really something much more than i i could have have ever dreamt in terms of not just only fundraising and now being our own standalone all volunteer nonprofit but also it, it's become a community um, for folks to come together and, and find like-minded individuals and know that kind of what they believe in and what they support, um, you know, this community is, is there as well. Um, <clears throat> one of my last newsletters I wrote, I, I talked about um, we, not me, um, because that's exactly what this has become. You know, everybody says, oh, Tim, you did this, you did this. And it, it, I, I really did not. It, it's, it's truly been a community effort. Um, you know, I, I can't do any of this alone. And it's truly become a we organization. Right. And now we're talking to Tim Virgilio from Signatures for Soldiers. He started back in 2014. And I think, Tim, I probably started talking to you about maybe about 2018 or 19. And and I, I, I think you might have been at like sixty or seventy thousand dollars back then, and now you're over two hundred thousand dollars, which which is a figure that that blows my mind and how how quickly it's grown and how it's become such a great a great grassroots um, donate charity for for our hobby. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Um, you know, like I said, there's so many people, so many companies, especially within the hobby, who have jumped behind this and. Um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, it, it's such a simple idea, yet it's genius. <laughs> and, uh, yep. it, you know, and, and that's all that it really is. It, it, you know, I try to keep it very simple. I try to keep it um, very transparent so that everybody that's involved knows what's happening, when it's happening. And, you know, between having support from companies like Ultra Pro and Tops and Pristine and and others and then from the the promoters for the national um it, you know the support has been absolutely amazing and and we've we've just grown by leaps and bounds and and the money we've raised has 
been right in step with that. Um, you know, what, two months ago was the national and, and signatures for soldiers was the um, identified charity for that. So between having our booth space to sell things and then having our online auction through Pristine, we raised nearly $50,000, which is going to fund programs for homeless and disabled veterans. Um, you know, it's the most that we've ever raised um, at the national, you know, first year we were there was Cleveland 2018. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we did $4,200 there. And I was thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, the next year was in Chicago. So 2018, and we did like 8,900 there. Um, again, I was thrilled with that. Um, and then you know, 2020 was canceled because of COVID. And last year it was back in Chicago. And uh, that was the first year we were named the charity partner for the national. And we had an online auction there and we did 26,000 there, um, which was amazing. And then this year, just to do, you know, nearly 50,000 is just it, it's mind-boggling for me so <laughs> yeah, it, yeah you should you should be so proud it's really such a, a great uh, yeoman's effort i know um you had just posted something the other day on uh, one of the programs that you had donated to can you tell us a little about that i know people follow you on social media have seen that yeah so recently um <clears throat> you know we did um some fundraising efforts here locally where my wife and i live in in uh, florida and with those businesses, you know, we were able to raise money and then we partnered with a program through the VA that um, helps to house homeless veterans. And it, it's a great program because it gets the roof over their heads. But, you know, one of the one of the challenges happens to be that the veterans don't have what they need to really turn that housing into a home. Yep. Um, so uh, this past weekend, we um, went ahead and we delivered um, 25 um, mattresses, 25 queen size mattresses, box springs, bed frames, um, sheets, comforters, pillows um, to formerly homeless veterans in our in our county. Um, it, right, turning you know. turning stupid cardboard baseball cards into <laughs> yeah. to beds and, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to real life stuff that right you know that we take for granted. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you or your listeners. I, I, I'm never worried about where I'm laying my head at night. Um, you know, and and to see these men and women who served our country and you walk into this one bedroom apartment or, or studio apartment and they're either sleeping on a blow up mattress or literally sleeping on the, on the floor of the apartment. Um, just to see the life changing, how life changing this was, it, um, just really made my heart so full and uh, just reminded me of my blessings and, and, and just, reestablish my commitment to continue to do this so that we can whether it's here locally we're doing it or um or through our nonprofit status awarding grants to other smaller veteran focused charities that can do this type of work in those communities um it, it, it's really something special no it's neat tim is that uh, you know in addition to the hobby taking uh ownership of it 
the guys, the, the, the ball players, the former players have really uh, been, you know, really jumping right into it. Why don't you mention some of the guys that have been yeah. very helpful for you? I know, you, you know, there's some of these guys, you know, you know, they get, they get a, a bad rap. Sometimes they, you know, they know they're, they're charging for autographs or, yeah. or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're grumpy about autographs, but a lot, you've had a lot of guys that have stepped up, stepped to the plate, no pun intended. Yeah. So are we doing a five, six hour show so I can, no, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, there's literally just way too many to name. And even if I tried to, I'd, I'd miss somebody. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, what's been really cool for me is having been a lifelong sports fan, especially baseball fan, you know, these are, these are men who are the absolute best of their profession. Yeah, they're they're that one percent. And to find out that they're even better human beings than they were athletes is is really cool to see. Um, You know, it's you know, I know like Kurt Schilling, I know, you know, Kurt Schilling can be very polarizing, um, but he has not hesitated one bit to sign autographs for me um you know for signatures for soldiers for us to raise money whether it's cards or baseballs or jerseys i mean he's he's signed just about anything that i've i've asked of him um no questions asked you know every time i ask absolutely um you know there's no hesitation so you know he's just one of hundreds (laughs) um (laughs) no i know i you you know know, there's so many guys that that because you I, I don't know, guys, if you've, you've been to the National or any of the shows that Tim has been at or been to his website, he has so much good stuff that people have uh, donated their time and to, to, to sign cards uh, and the money's going right to signatures to soldiers. Tim, why don't you let people know how they can, uh, you know, purchase some of the stuff you guys that you have to offer and how they, you know, if they just want to help out. And I know you're just not looking just for, for purchases. You're also looking for uh, supplies and stuff to, to, to help out. Yeah, so um, our website is signatures, the number four soldiers.com. Um, so on there basically has all information about our history, our nonprofit status. Um, it also has a tab you will see. It's uh, the tab says inventory. Um, so it has links to uh, a whole bunch of Google Docs um, in terms of sport and types of um medium that's been signed whether it's cards or photos or or those types of things so pretty much you can look through the google documents be able to see what we have available for sale um and then read as far as um, just kind of following day-to-day stuff on social media um, we're on twitter at sigs s-i-g-s the number four soldiers um on facebook and instagram signatures for soldiers um, so I'm always kind of posting updates there. I'm also kind of posting, you know, hey, this is what we got in the mail today. Um, or, you know, as I'm trying to clean off my desk, which is a yeah. never ending <laughs> battle. Um, hey, look what we found on the desk today. And, you know, here's what's for sale, you know, that may not be in in our inventory just yet. So um, so those are really kind of the best ways. Um, email is signatures for soldiers, all spelled out at yahoo.com. Um, you can always reach out to me there. Um, we are we are updating our Amazon wish list. 
Um, so, you know, for folks that want to kind of help support in a, in a different fashion in terms of knowing kind of what types of supplies we need to basically lower our admin costs, um, that's always a great way. Um, you know, our biggest admin costs, it, it, like I said, it's an all volunteer effort. Um, I literally make zero money off of this. Um, I, I don't take a salary or anything otherwise, um, nor does anybody else that's involved in in the in signatures for mm -hmm. soldiers so really our big admin costs are the storage unit that i have to rent to kind of house some of the stuff otherwise it would take over my house um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um otherwise you know things related to mailings um from you know envelopes to postage to paper to tape um to sharpies yeah. <laughs> you know and just cards right you need cards for these guys right yeah yeah and and um you know i've begun taking um you know, folks have a lot of just kind of base cards that they have laying around not sure what to do with so you know i do accept those um because i just never know who the next guy is going to be that's going to be willing to sign for me so it's nice to kind of have an on-hand inventory just to be able to pull from right away when somebody says yeah absolutely i'll sign for you um so yeah so th those are really kind of some of the some of the simple ways and then obviously you know if, if you have questions about you know hey tim how can we do something in my community for um for homeless and disabled veterans i'm always willing to talk about that um because again it, it, it's not just about let's take care of the veterans here where i live it's you know uh, I, I really don't care if it's Butte, Montana, Walla Walla, Washington, um, <laughs> you know, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, if there's a veteran in need, uh, you know, I really would like for Signatures for Soldiers to help be that vehicle to either raise awareness, raise money, or, or funnel the money into a program that can help those men and women. Is that your goal for the for signatures for soldiers in the next couple of years is to kind of expand its reach and, and uh, get more people involved? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the board of directors that I was able to put together are some fantastic individuals. Um, half of at least half of our board um, are combat veterans themselves. Um, and, um, you know, and, and they're from all over the country. Um, so it's not just, you know, my three neighbors next to me type thing <laughs> <laughs> you know where we where we sit around the pool and drink a beer and yeah we may or may not talk about it but no it's and that's one of the things that i've really encouraged the board of directors is that you know i i don't want this to just i don't want this to be the tim virgilio show because it, it it certainly isn't i you know i i've encouraged them to really look into their own communities and see what the need is and you know how can we signatures for soldiers have a positive impact where they live and you know yeah eventually i'd love to be able to do this with collectors that where you know collectors say hey tim you know i just read a story or heard a news um, story about about a veteran in need or a veteran charity in need in my community you know how can we partner up and, and help support that project um because that's really what what i want to do i want to be able to you know partner with individuals and 
companies across the country and and do stuff literally in their their backyard we're speaking with tim virgilio tim of course is from signatures for soldiers you can go to signatures for the number four soldiers.com and uh you can find out everything there uh guys you're gonna have to put out put out like about i don't know an hour and a half two hours just to look at all of tim's <laughs> so much stuff um, and just keep visiting every day because it's constantly changing constantly being updated just depending on what i get in the mail so yeah so it, today was a real, today a was a slow stuff. mail day today was a slow mail day so i don't have anything to add to it today but um you know you never know what tomorrow's going to bring have you thought about doing um like i don't i want to say on you know custom orders so to speak so that you have a xyz athlete you know kurt schilling will sign and you 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 bring in 100 kurt schilling cards from from collectors and then that way they get their picture or their their photo or their their ball signed and and then the money goes all goes to signatures to soldiers have you, you thought about doing anything like that yeah i have um i i've uh, played around with that a little bit in the past um you know there's a lot of logistics involved in that mm -hmm. obviously um so you know for me in order for me to do it right you know i i have to figure out a couple things in my own head first um <laughs> you know um because i wanted i wanted to go basically near flawlessly um where you know it, it, it's easy for me it's easy for the collector it's easy for the athlete and and you know everybody kind of walks away and and is happy with with the outcome um but yeah that's definitely something that i've been kind of throwing around um been talking with a few of the athletes who have signed for me pretty regularly about you know setting something up in in the future um so yeah that that may be something that um you know going into uh 2023 we may be doing a little bit more of have are you still collecting tim or are you just really all your your efforts to, towards uh, signatures for the soldiers yeah yeah um I, i've had to limit my collecting um <laughs> just be, just you know because signatures for soldiers does take up a lot of my free time because you know, i have a daytime job and then evenings weekends is when i really do the signatures for soldiers piece um but yeah i i, I still do um I've been on again, off again with um, putting together the 1985 tops set, um, getting all those cards signed. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, it's been been a slow process, but you know, kind of you know, knocking off one here, one there type thing. Um, so that that's kind of been my focus. And then um, you know, I've kind of been doing just unsigned cards. I've been doing kind of some some player collection type stuff. Um, Greg Jeffries is one um mitch hanninger with the mariners is yep. another one and uh adam jones um who played for the orioles um he's the other one so th those are kind of my three big pieces if you will so again you know that's just kind of picking up cards here and there you know when i have a when i have a down moment or I'm just watching the game and messing around on the phone you know and i jump on ebay or or Com C or, or yeah. someplace like that, and just kind of pick up, you know, a card here or there that I have that I don't have in the collection just yet. It's hard to shake that addiction, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> but you know, it's it, it's good. You know, it's I I have all this other stuff to keep me busy, keep me engaged in the hobby, and um, you know, I, I get to kind of enjoy some things for 
for a day or two and then okay time to move it and, uh, back know, to work <laughs> and and no you know know what it's going for you know it's not just okay you know it's money in my pocket it's actually okay this is money that's going to go and literally literally help a homeless or disabled veteran we're talking to tim virgilio from signatures for soldiers uh on the unofficial official charity of, of our hobby uh tim why don't you let people know if they want how they can help him uh one more time and uh, what they can do or and, and what you guys are looking for and and uh you know just uh, just just to do, do their, their little part and it doesn't have to be ten thousand dollars it can be no no $1 it's a dollar or two dollars or five dollars yeah, you know, everybody hears, you know, the amount of money that Signatures for Soldiers has raised. And I really try to stress to say, you know, yeah, it's $200,000. It's, it's a, it's a great number. It's, it's this huge number, but we didn't get there with $201,000 items. You know, it's, it's literally been two, three, four, five dollars at a time um, that we've gotten there. Um, you know, and, and, that's a big thing that my wife and I often talk about is that people want to be involved. Um, they often just don't know how to be involved. Yeah. Or, or if they know how to be involved, they think, oh, well, you know, the, the $5 that I can spare today isn't going to make a real difference. So I'm just not going to give it. Um, you know, and I think Signatures for Soldiers has become that community where people understand that they can make a difference and that $5 coupled with the $2 from the next person, the $3 from the next person, so forth and so on, adds up to $200,000 eight years later, you know. Um, right, which in, in turn turns into a bed or turns into a, a remodeled house or turns into something to help out a, wound, a wounded veteran, which is the absolutely. end result. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I think that's really important. That's the, the message that I try to drive home. Um, as far as getting in contact with me again, social media, um, Twitter is at SIGS, S-I-G-S, the number four soldiers, um, signatures for soldiers on Facebook and Instagram, um, email signatures for F-O-R soldiers at yahoo.com. Um, that's probably the easiest way to kind of get in touch with me to, um, you know, start throwing around ideas, talking about ways to be involved. Um, does not necessarily just have to be money. Um, like I said, we're, we're putting, we're, we continue to put together and update our Amazon wish list. So, you know, if there's things on there, you know, you want to buy one item on there and have it shipped directly to us. Um, that always helps. Um, if you have unwanted, signed and unsigned cards um, or, or other items that you want to send um, just you know you can email me we can talk about it um, figure out a way to get it to me um, those are really kind of some of the easiest ways um, otherwise I'm really open to a lot of other discussions and and ideas and you know I've had people come to me with ideas that I never even thought about and went that's a really good idea let's do that right all right. Well, thank you very much, Tim. I really appreciate it. It was great catching up with you. Congratulations on hitting $200,000 plateau. Congratulations on recently uh, being awarded a nonprofit status, which, which is huge. And uh, you guys just keep on doing great work. And I'm sure we'll see you at the National next year. Are you guys going to be at any shows coming up for the uh, remainder of the year? 
Uh, at this point, no. Um, you know, we may try to do something early 2023, um, but right now, I, I we don't have any plans for anything because, um, like I said, it's you know, I have my full time job to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, All right, guys, to take check it of. out. Signatures for the number four soldiers com, and everything's there. There will be a link. There's a link on our website and on our podcast website to Tim's uh, site and please help out. It is a great charity. He's doing great work. And I just want to thank Tim for his time today. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on again. Well, Tim is doing great work, uh, Drew. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Tim. I love getting Tim on, try to try to get him on once a year just to catch up with him in in the, (coughs) excuse me, I'm still fighting this COVID cough, whatever you want to call it. So excuse me, but uh, we had a, a great time with Tim on the show. Next up, Drew is making the grade. Do you want to do the making the grade? Making the grade. He does it so well. Making <laughs> the grade coming up next. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Making the grade is a uh, summary of what's been going on in the grading community. I just heard, uh, This is news from our, our friend at CSG. I uh, just heard this yesterday, actually, and the, I think we're probably going to be the first to announce it. Um, CSG is offering, excuse me, a special October sale. They're calling it the Equinox sale, and that is because all four sport major league sports are in play. And then we're going to have the World Cup coming up soon, but they're having a sale for the whole month of October, all the way through October 30th. They're giving 20% off all grading services, which is a really good deal. That's any of their services. 20% off. You can go to csgcards.com to learn more. Once again, CSG has a Equinox sale. They're calling it the Equinox sale in October. 20% off all rating services. Go to csgcards.com to learn more. Got some stats from PSA from the past week. Over a quarter million cards just last week alone graded by them. 254,498 cards that were slapped by them. Currently on pace for 12.9 million cards to get done in the 2022 calendar year. Also got some numbers on the top five cards graded by PSA all time. One of them, I mean, the number one, I don't think is going to be a surprise to anybody at all. They have graded 93,500 copies of the 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. That's their number one card all time. Griffey actually holds the number two and number three spots on that list as well. The 89 tops traded. 80,000 of those have been graded. The 89 Fleer, 58,000 of those graded. Also coming in right around 58,000 or so, the 1985 Topps Mark McGuire card. Of course, I mean, everybody was getting that graded back around like 2,000 or so when the home run chase was going on. And the uh, 1986 Topps traded Barry Bonds rookie card, right behind all those at 55,000 copies right there. So some interesting uh, interesting ones there to see as the uh, top five there out of PSA across their history. Yeah, I think if you did the last five years, Maybe the only the upper deck Griffey would be there, yeah. but overall, since they started grading, and I, I don't, I can't, I don't remember what year uh, they started in, but uh, obviously Griffey is kind of like, you know, our generation's Mickey Mantle, right? Everyone, right. everyone loved Ken Griffey Jr., and it was obvious that that so many people got their cards graded. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is TTMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. Introducing Drip Shop Live, a live online marketplace of sports cards and products from your favorite sellers. Discover giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more right from your phone or desktop. 
On Drip Shop Live, you'll find hundreds of sellers live all the time. Give Drip Shop Live a try. For a limited time, save $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. Try finding another break or card box that's that affordable. And shipping is always free on Drip Shop Live. Go to dripshop.live slash invite slash TTM or find the link in our description to get this exclusive offer. Drew, why don't you take this TTM cast stamp approval and then I'll do mine. Cool. Yeah, so uh, I've been playing around with my bass a lot more lately. Of course, I mean, anybody who knows my music knows that I am a drummer mostly. Also play some guitar, some piano, some mandolin, and some bass, but I'm playing around with that a lot more lately. But uh, what kind of sucks about playing the bass is that to get any volume on it out of a regular amp, you're probably also going to accidentally rattle the windows a little bit. So uh, <laughs> I really can never turn it up very loud. I have like this one watt amp, it's a one watt guitar amp I sometimes play it through, but that just sounds terrible. And playing the bass through just kills the batteries on it. But I came across this thing and I actually got it from my dad back in like 2004 or so. And uh, completely forgot about it for a long time. Then finally got it back when I uh, was moving stuff out of his place there. And I've been using it a lot lately now. This is Rockman Bass Ace. This little tiny handheld thing right here. But what I can do with this, I can plug the bass into it and plug in headphones on it. You can see the headphone jack nice, yeah. right there. And so I can actually plug it in there and it gets really great sound, great tone out of it. And I can actually sit here and play stuff and not have to, you know, worry about, okay, are my wife's teeth vibrating across the room <laughs> there when I'm playing this thing? Am I rattling any windows? Am I distracting the neighbors at all? And so, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, it doesn't cost too much to get one of these things either. If you're a bass player, I would highly recommend it. If you're not a bass player, become one because there needs to be more bass players out there in the world. I mean, there's a million good guitarists out there, but an average bass player can find a band without much of a problem. So uh, yeah, my thumb, my uh, stamp approval for the week is the Rockman Bass Ace by Tom Schultz. Yeah, I mean, this thing has just been, it's been great getting to finally play around with this thing and use it a lot here this last week and just uh, put it in, put the headphones on over my earbuds here and I can have, uh, I can play along with somebody that's playing through these and still be able to hear it through there and works out really well for practicing. And you get a facsimile autograph of Schultz on the on the bass box. Exactly. Yeah, check that out right there. I, don't I, know it, I actually Schultz thought is, you got a real when you when you held it up quickly. I thought, oh, he's, he got that autograph too. I don't even know who Thomas Schultz is, but hey, he puts out a great product right here with this with this thing. So, yeah, that gives my thumbs up for the week and my stamp of approval. Thanks, Drew. Well, my stamp of approval is a TV show, TV show, an old TV show that I love. And now it's a brand new TV show. They've, had, they've got two episodes on it uh, so far. It's shown on Monday nights at 10 p.m. on NBC. You can get it on Peacock, actually the next day, I believe. And I'm talking about Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, if you remember back in the day, Scott Bakula and D Dean Stockwell, and he, jump, he jumps uh, from time to time, writing wrongs. And uh, the, the new show is... Uh, they got two new characters doing doing the jumping and the, and the helping out, and uh, it's it's a really a good show. I love Quantum Leap, and now I love I really enjoy the new Quantum Leap. Again, they've had two episodes so far. Uh, it's on free TV Mondays at 10 p.m. It's uh it's time well spent. So I recommend Quantum Leap on uh, NBC Mondays at 10 p.m. That gets my TTM cast stamp of approval. See, Drew, I do stuff other than cards. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, that wraps up stamp approval for the week. Next up is our burn rat minute. Drew, why do we do burn rat minute? 
Well, Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to those who uh, passed away in the world of sports, celebrity, politics, music, movies, anything that we come across there. And it's dedicated to the memory of Vern Rapp, who uh, Jeff wrote an autograph request to just after he had passed on and uh, got a note back from the family saying, well, sorry, he's, uh, he's no longer with us, but we uh, dedicate this to his memory and uh, try to help other collectors out so they don't end up doing like we've done on, on situations like that. Yep. Keep in mind that we're recording this on Thursday, the 29th, Thursday night, the 29th. So if anyone that passed away on Friday and Saturday mornings, we will cover that next week. But uh, we only lost a couple people this week, which is very nice. Because, geez, Drew, I think the last like three or four weeks, we've had a lot of people that yeah. passed in the world of sports, especially. Well, we lost Bill Fulcher. Bill was a Washington Redskin from 1956 to 1958. He played linebacker and guard. He went to Georgia Tech. He was not a TTM, or Bill was uh, 88 years old. Uh, we also lost uh, Nick Mumlet this week, I believe is the name there, but uh, played uh, at Purdue. Later went on to the, uh, his defensive end later went on to the AFL with the New York Titans, who later became the Jets. Played there from 1960 to 1962. Uh, not a TTM or as far as I know, but uh, he was 85 years old. We lost Ann Garman Host. Oh, yeah, Ann Garman Host. She played on the All-American Girls Baseball League in 1953. She was a first baseman for the South Bend Blue Sox and was 89 years old. Uh, actress Louise Fletcher died this week. Uh, you may recognize her from the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She played uh, Nurse Ratched, the uh, sort of villain, I guess you could say, of the, uh, of the movie there. She was 88 years old. Yeah, her name always comes up, Nurse Ratched, as one of the best villains of all time when they do those, those polls. And uh, she, Louise Fletcher did a great job um, in that role. Lastly, we lost John Hartman. And uh, I, I put this one in for Drew because John Hartman was a drummer with the Doobie Brothers. He played on uh, songs like Blackwater and listened to the music. And uh, the Doobie Brothers, of course, is a, a fantastic band. Uh, I don't, they're not still together, are they, Drew? I don't think they are. Uh, they may do some uh, occasional, you know, re uh, tours and stuff like that once in a while. But yeah, I don't think they've been uh, recording together for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, they were really big in the 70s and, and yeah. into the 80s. And uh, John Hartman was 72 years old. Well, as I said, not many people that passed away this week. Thank goodness. Uh, our condolences and sympathy go out to our friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk wah, 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 returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. <laughs> well, Drew, I'm going to do my returns first because I only have two and you're going to do a special one. So I, I had two returns this week. I got Ron Boone, who played for the uh, Utah Jazz and a bunch of teams. And uh, what was the New Orleans Jazz back in 76? But I got him on his 76, 77 tops tall boy card. And that took about three weeks to come back. And then I got, this is a weird one, right? I sent Bake Turner, who played for the New York Jets, his uh, 1969 card. And I sent this one, I sent this a while ago. And I just got this yesterday. And of course, it was kind of like the friggin' the, my guy. Can you see that? He sends me uh, like a, like a, a photocopy on a, on a, on, on kind of hard, paper of the card huh. it's, it's i don't know it's just like you know he signed it he played it end for the jets the, it's a blank back like but that's not the card that's not the card i sent him that's weird <laughs> so i am having the worst luck on the on these guys on these guys so i got baked 
fake Turner back signed uh, on a, uh, a pre-printed card, not my card. So he took, he kept my 1969 card and he sent me a 1969 preprint. Mm-hmm. But I uh, thank you, Bake, for, for returning my card. Uh, and, uh, you know, it must be the Bake, right? It's, a, it's that name, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my returns for the week. I actually sent out, as I said, sent out 30 baseball last week. I have 10 uh, that I just worked on today and i'm going to send out probably tomorrow or, or uh saturday that i'm gonna that i'll send out so i gotta i gotta get i got some more in the mail but as i said i'm trying to get 10 out a week but i only got two returns so far this week because again we're only doing this on thursday and usually friday and saturday i usually get like three or four back as well and we will re- report on those now on next week's show so drew why don't you do your your returns because you you need a drum roll you need something special for it no i, I i'll i'll uh well i gotta i gotta kind of start recording on my phone midway through this. I'm also going to be using this in my uh, video for the week that I usually do on my YouTube channel there. But Well, give people show... your YouTube channel. Give the people of course, yeah, that's uh, DFW Graffer. Just go to uh, youtube.com slash DFW Graffer. You can check my videos out there. Uh, you can also find that through my website, dfwgraffer.com. has a link to it there and to uh, everything else that I'm on for any kind of social media and, of course, any info about any cards and stuff, but any sets that I'm collecting. But uh, first one to show off here, which uh, I got earlier this week. It actually came in last weekend. It was on Saturday when we were recording the uh, last week's show. Got Harry Carson back on his rookie oh, card. Oh, nice. It's another one of those Hall of Famer rookie cards that I was like getting. And he also added in this extra little card right here. Shows a little caricature of him on the front and on the back. Says, thanks for your donation. And he signed it at the bottom there, too. So, what did you give him, $10? I think it was, yeah, it was either 5 or $10 I sent off to him for that. But, uh, yeah, he... Uh, Signed exactly what I wanted with the Hall of Fame year at the bottom there as well. So tossing the extra one too. So really happy to get that one. Also picked up a, a trade that I forgot to mention earlier because I just got in today, but I got a uh, 1990 Diamond Kings Steve Sachs right there to add to my Diamond Kings project. So got that one. And now let's go ahead and start this uh, recording here. So you can't, yeah, if you can't tell Drew, Drew's opening a TTM live, live on the show. Yes, live on the show. The first, as far as I know, it's the first ever live opening of a TTM on the sh- on the podcast here. So for anybody who's watching on my YouTube channel, I'm doing this as we're recording our podcast. And so uh, I've got one here in the mail this week, uh, today actually, from uh, Postmark from Tampa. And you know, I write the initials on the top there, so you can see right there, it's PR are the initials on that one. He cheats, Drew cheats. Yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, this one, I think it's actually, I have to give a, a tap of the stick or t- a tip of the cap or whatever to... Uh, Tim Virgilio on this for helping me out with this. So the, uh, like I said, the original honor PR, and I believe this is going to be Paul Russo on a, a 1992 tops card that has, uh, it's one of those quad rookies there with him and uh, three other guys on it. Got the other three first and uh, Russo had stopped signing by mail. And so I'm, you know, kind of going, well, what am I going to do now? What am I uh, going to do with this? if He's not signing. And somebody said, well, Hey, Tim actually has a connection with him. He's done some signings with him before. And so, Mailed off to, uh, I got, well, Tim uh, sent me his uh, address, said, yeah, if you want to, you know, send it off, here's the address, and confirmed with him that he's okay with signing it and everything, and three months later, there we go. Oh, wow, cool. See I got two of them. Showed, yeah, showed on the channel there. Yeah, I had two of these that, uh, I sent them off in order. I think I went uh, Bullock first, then Paquette, then Tom Reddington, and now uh, Paul Russo to finish it off, so got them right there. I show them on the uh, channel down there as well, so yeah, great to add those in. I finally got those uh, quads completed by all of those guys. That's the first uh, 92 tops quad that I have gotten done by everybody. I've got a couple others that are like have one or two on them that I'm probably not going to be able to finish off. But uh, yeah, I've at least you know got to start. And so got one completed. So I'm real happy to get those ones back. So there you go. So my successes for the week there with uh, 
Paul Russo today and uh, last weekend, Harry Carson. So there you go. Guys, you know what? I, if there's something satisfying about completing a quad or completed yes. a multiple like that, Drew's very good at it. Uh, I lo- we love to see some of the, the multiples that you've done, quads or leader cards or rookie cards. And if you have one, why don't you email it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. If you if you did if you have a quarter or multiple that you finished, send send us an email and, and uh, maybe we'll give you a, we'll give out a couple prizes. I have some prizes that I can give away, so maybe we'll give out a couple prizes uh, if you send it in. Email it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And, and we'll promote it on the show as well. It's really satisfying and it's it's I love sharing those, so that's very cool, Drew. Well, as I said, I got a lot a lot coming in i hope in the next week or two and next week we'll we'll have some good returns but this week was a little disappointing but it is what it is like they can't they can't be 15s every week right exactly well next up is our ttm cast interview for the week this week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading well, I had the pleasure of interviewing Scott Tarter from DroppingDimes.org and Darnell Hillman, who played in the ABA in the NBA. Darnell was the winner of the first NBA dunk contest in 1977. He is Dr. Dunk. We're going to talk to Scott about what's going on at DroppingDimes.org and, and with Darnell about his career and signing autographs. So uh, please enjoy my interview with Scott Tarter and Darnell Hillman. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. All four major North American sports are in full swing, and CSG is celebrating the sports equinox with 20% off grading fees. Now, through October 31st at 6 p.m. Eastern, get your cards graded with CSG for 20% off their already low fees. Remember, bulk submissions have just a 25-card minimum, too. CSG has the best turnaround times with affordable grading fees. Joining the show from his headquarters, Atlanta Sports Headquarters in Indianapolis, is Scott Tarter. Scott is founder and CEO of DroppingDimes.org, and we're joined by Darnell Hillman, who played in the ABA and the NBA from 1971 to 1980. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Jeff. Hello. Thanks for having us on the show. Great to have you guys. Scott, you know what? You've been on the show before and you know how much I love dropping dimes.org. But why don't you uh, refresh my uh, listeners' memory and let you know, let us know what you guys do, what dropping dimes.org's uh, goals are, and how Lana Sports is involved. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, dropping Dimes Foundation is a 501c3 charity that was the brainchild of the great Mel Daniels. And Mel was always, you know, former uh, championship teammate of Darnell's here in Indiana with the Pacers, um, Hall of Famer. And he always talked to, uh, to us and to me in, in particular about the fact that the NBA has never really given the ABA the type of respect that it deserves. And that in addition to, you know, that being the case on a professional level in terms of not recognizing ABA stats, um, that they have never provided healthcare benefits or pensions to the ABA players when you know the two leagues merged in 1976 and the NBA took on the Nets, Nuggets, Pacers, and Spurs. It, it also took on a, a legacy of amazing basketball that was created by the ABA, right? The three-point shot and the slam dunk competition, the fast up-tempo style of play, uh, the hardship rule. It just goes on and on and on and all of the 
incredible talent that flooded into the NBA at the time. Really, the ABA created the NBA game that you see today. So Mel's position from the time I met him was we have to do something to help the aging former ABA players who have been forgotten about and are not being taken care of uh, by the NBA. So that's, that's how the Dropping Dimes Foundation started. Um, and then Lana Sports was kind of an offshoot of that because at one point, maybe three or four years ago, enough players had mentioned the fact that the NBA only breaks out uh, you know, throwback unis, uh, maybe once every six, seven, eight years to recognize, you know, a, an ABA market. Yep. And the guys were always saying, you know, why don't we do something on our own? And so Lana Sports was created as a for-profit memorabilia company um, focused solely on the ABA that is bringing back the original ABA basketball at lanasports.com. And, um, and then also ABA related trading cards and, and, and autograph memorabilia, very specifically focused on the ABA. And it has so far donated 100% of, of all of its profits to the Dropping Dimes Foundation. That is awesome. Darnell, as a player, did you see that um, disrespect, and I'll use that word in quotes, um, as an ABA player? And then after the merger, did um, did that kind of dissipate and gain acceptance? You you know, as a, as the ABA league and the ABA as an ABA player, I'm not I'm not quite on full page with the acceptance part yet until <laughs> I see the league take care of these guys that are in need. Thank you. Um, one of the things that when the foundation began, before it was started, Mel was scouting for the Pacers. And he'd come back from road trips while he was out on the road. He'd run into former ABA players and he was seeing just how hard these guys were dealing with their difficult lives financially. Yep. So when he'd come back, it was just real heavy burden on him. And I kind of got involved with him at the early start of it, seeing his passion about it. And now that we've gotten this thing off the ground and it's done, I think, very well in being able to assist the players that are in need and wakening the entire country up to what has happened in the past. I think uh, we're on the right path now. If our uh, partners here will just step in and fulfill this and just fill the void for what these players have been lacking for the past, say, 10, 15, 20 years since basketball has gone beyond them. Because they, they played, had a good career, but now they're getting no recognition and they're suffering financially. You know, they don't know from when the next meal is going to come or they're having to live with relatives and such. And these guys have pride and dignity and a lot of them don't want to show their faces simply because they aren't able to support themselves. So I think the foundation has done absolutely a perfect thing. And thank God for Mel Danielson having this type of passion for it. But um, with his loss, I didn't want to see this get lost. So, you know, ABA players, uh, especially these of the Indiana Pacers, we are a family. And we pick up when one falls down, we've all fallen and we all step in there to pick each and every one of us up. So Mel's not here to carry the torch. And I think it's uh, befitting that somebody from this, this franchise continue this whole. Scott, do you feel like um, it's difficult in some instances because now we're, we've got a generation of fans 
that were not around when the ABA was around. The ABA obviously ended in 1976. And, you know, we're talking what 30 years now plus of, of, of since the ABA has been around. Has it been difficult to educate uh, current players as well as current fans about the ABA? Um, and do you think that that uh, is, is ease some? It's, it's been extremely, I would, I would say extremely difficult to get people to connect those dots, but extremely fulfilling once they do connect the dots. Because, because uh, I can't tell you the number of times, Jeff, that I've talked to a younger player or a younger person and immediately, you know, they're sort of like, yeah, what's the ABA? What's the red, white, and blue ball? And, and then when you say, look, this is the league that created the three-point shot in the NBA, uh, then they, that gets their attention. When you say, hey, when I showed up at the playgrounds, um, I'm, I'm, I was born in 1962. When I showed up at the playgrounds as a kid in the early 70s, the ball you had said everything. You either yep. had the brown <laughs> ball and you were a company guy or you had the red, white, and blue ball, and you had style, and you had athleticism, and you had in freedom of expression. You know, it just said everything about who you were as a person and what kind of game you wanted to play. And uh, and 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 so the the minute you explain to a young player, especially right, the three point shot, the fast up tempo style of play, the high scoring, the athleticism, the you know the players showing up at the stadiums and making a statement, a fashion statement about themselves before they even walk in the door. All of that came from the ABA. And uh, once they find that out, I was in Los Angeles last week and I had a chance to talk to the professor, you know, uh, uh, Grayson uh, Boucher, um, the professor from And One, and he was learning all about it. And I tell you, by the time we were done, he was so impressed by the ABA and, and the accomplishments. And he's now, he said he's gonna look at the NBA a completely different way now. I know, I know you guys have been working on the, um, the documentary, the, the Amazon documentary. Uh, have they dug up a lot of cold footage? And Darnell, have you been involved with that as well? Uh, at some point, we probably will be. Um, I expect it, or I'm hoping to be a, a part of that. Um, yeah, it's ongoing and it's been happening. But I wanted to back up for a minute sure. there. What Scott was just explaining to you is the ABA is kind of like blacktop basketball, but organized yes. versus the NBA was very organized, very uh, methodical in what they do. The ABA was is based on your skill set. So it didn't matter what size you were, how big you were, or what position you played. It was all determined by your skill set and what kind of problem that was going to create for others. And now that the documentary is going to come out, I think a lot of this will be said by not just myself, but other players being able to explain the difference in play and style between the two leagues and what was very beneficial for us coming to the ABA versus going to the NBA. We're speaking with Scott Tarter, who is founder and CEO of DroppingDimes.org, as well as Alana Sports, which is a memorabilia that helps ABA players and Darnell Hillman who played in the ABA and the NBA. Darnell, coming out of college, you were a first round pick by the Warriors in, in 71 from San Jose State, but you went on to play start in the ABA. Was that a financial uh, decision or was that you really liked the ABA game better and thought it was uh, more conducive to your game? Uh, actually, I was drafted. Um, I was coming out of the Army. Okay. Uh, and I chose the Indiana simply because they were very class. They said things and fulfilled it. 
when I met with the Warriors, they offered me a contract. We said we touched base in 24 hours, 36 hours later, still not heard a single word from them. So I called my advisor and we jumped on the plane and I flew out here and signed a contract, which um, probably one of the best decisions that I've made as a youngster during that time because I got came on a team that had back-to-back -back championships and uh, certainly playing with three Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. Any any of us that have played for the Pacers would love to have that on a resume. Sure. Scott, now you're working on the, the documentary on uh, and it, with Amazon. Uh, has a, a lot of film come come up and a lot of archival stuff come up that you hadn't seen before because you've been you you have your finger on the pulse of the ABA and that's one of the big things about the ABA where right? it's kind of a mystique because it didn't have a national TV contract and it wasn't in every market and um, you know there's a, there's a lot of great stories about ABA players but not a lot of film for it. Yeah, these guys, when they first approached me about a year ago, I wasn't that, I mean, I just wasn't that excited about it. I was thinking, okay, several people have said that they want to do a documentary about the ABA, and it just never seems to come to fruition. This, this is going to be, I want to impress upon your listeners that this is going to be a, a docu-series. So if you think about um, the Netflix series um, on, on Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, mm -hmm. this is an Amazon Prime Sports docu-series about the ABA. And the director is a very accomplished guy named Ken and Holly. And they have an executive production team that is, you know, top notch. And I've gone to most of the shootings. They've uncovered incredible archival, high quality archival footage, the likes of which I've never seen before in all my collecting days. Um, it's stunning. And they are speaking to, they've spoken with now 40 different ABA players. Darnell is, uh, as always, very gentlemanly and, and, and humble. These guys are not going to do a docuseries without talking to Darnell Hellman and George McGinnis uh, and the and the Indiana Pacers, uh, Bob Nedelicki, they're, they're just not going to do it. And they told me that. So oh, they got Bob involved. He's he is a, a character. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so they are going to come here without question. And this is they're considering this to be their their top stop along the way. And that includes L.A. and Atlanta <laughs> and Denver. So uh, it's going to be special. It's going to be a four part series. It's going to come out around the time of the NBA finals next summer. And it is going to be a various, it will be the quintessential story of the ABA. Is Bob Costas involved? I know how much he loves the ABA from the St. Louis days. He is. is he, involved? he is involved. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that is very cool. Darnell, do you have any memorabilia for, from your playing days in the ABA? Did, did you keep any uh, uniforms or programs or, or, or uh, signed balls or any of that kind of stuff? I got, uh, I think I've got a pair of my Dr. Dunk shoes, uh, nice. one or two pair of shorts, and maybe a pair of warm-up pants. I uh, didn't keep much of that stuff, um, but as the years have been going on, people have been bringing stuff to me to say, hey, if you'd like to have this and give it to you, it's like, well, I'll accept it, but chances are me keeping it, I'm going to find a good cause and pass this on to someone that will be able to display it or do something a lot more positive with it. My stuff's just collecting dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know if you saw You saw it. Uh, Michael Jordan last dance uniform went for $10.1 million. Yeah. And they, there was an offer for a Wilt Chamberlain rookie uniform that was $3 million and was turned down. So your stuff that's collecting dust may have a little value. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a name that those guys have, so 
I'm not even counting or looking at that. Did you, did, you, know, one you of the, did you collect um, cards as a kid? Were you, you were a, a card collector or autograph collector as a kid? No, I was not. Uh, as a kid, you know what I did was model cars. I used to build model cars and airplanes. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't follow sports until my mom and dad really started pushing at me to get out there. And we had some teenagers in the neighborhood that took me under their wing and got me starting it with track and field before I even bounced a basketball. Did and, you? I always ask this, this question to former athletes uh, as a card collector. Did you go out and, uh, you know, you were in a grocery store or drugstore when, when you were playing and you pick up a pack, couple packs of cards to see if you could get your own card? Uh, I never did that to see if I got my own card, but I re do remember being able to buy those uh, uh, baseball cards. I think yeah. you bought a pack for 25 and you got four or five cards in there with a stick of gum. Yeah, there it is. Like those? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Used to do that as a kid, but never going after my own. I, I'm always surprised. Actually, the first time I saw my car, my face on a tops card, it kind of blew me away. It's like, really? Have I really come to this point where they can display my picture on a card across the nation and somebody's going to buy it? I was kind of thrilled by the whole thing. Yeah, it's and really neat. There's a special story, Jeff, about, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but, uh, or maybe not, it's a kind of nuanced, but, but, you know, here's Darnell Hillman, you know, uh, NBA slam dunk competition, first NBA slam dunk champion and uh, two-time yeah, ABA uh, champ. And his rookie card is in the, is in the 1972-73 top series, but he's not wearing his own jersey. Oh, really? What happened? Yeah. Tell us a little about that, Darnell. Uh, the day of that, they came in to take those photos. Yeah. They had not made up my jersey yet. So the trainer was in charge of getting players in the right place. So he says, here, take Roger's jersey, Roger Brown's jersey. Put that on because they're not going to show it and just take the picture. Well, part of Roger's number shows and Roger had a little bit of an afro like I had a little bit of an afro. So it's, you really have to know us to be able to distinguish between the two. That, 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 that's a little understatement when you said you had a little bit of an afro. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an do you, do you have a favorite card? Do you have a favorite uh, Topps card that you, you like seeing when, you know, when someone brings it in to sign for you or, or sends it in the mail? I don't have a favorite. If I do have a favorite one, it's probably the one of me in that uh, Pacers white warm-up. So, and I'm basking the ball, bouncing the basketball. The tall basically. boy one, the bit, the tall, the tall boy. Yeah, yep, the big tall. And the cool, the cool thing about that card, I, that's my favorite card of Darnell too, because it's a tall boy and it's a good picture. But it's also the first NBA card because it was the year after the merger. But he still had a red, white, and blue basketball, even though it yeah. was NBA. <laughs> now, uh, Scott, you know we we mentioned a lot of sports. A lot of sports has all sorts of memorabilia that they, that you guys are selling and the profits go to help former ABA players. Uh, I know you have uh, balls and there's a signature series ball, but you also have cards too, which is really neat. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, well, so many of the guys, well, that, well it actually started when um, so many of the first year players that we, that I was talking to, um, we, for dropping dimes, we used to bring uh, players, whenever we would help them, we would bring them a blown up canvas of their basketball card. But the first five years of the ABA, Tops didn't do ABA cards. 
So we started helping so many guys that didn't have a card. So that led to, hey, let's, you know, I'm going to, this company is going to do a, a first year only hobby box that covered, that, that get a, gave a trading card to every single first year player. So we did, that was the start. And then once we did that, then that led to a top 30 series where we did the ABA all time top 30. And we hired a, actually in that case, we hired a, a professional artist to do those cards or the, the artwork is a little bit better quality. The first set we did was more caricature like, mm -hmm. but there are only 750 of those hobby boxes that were made. So we're, I think we're down to less than a hundred at this point. Um, and then the, the wax packs are the top 30. Very cool. Now I go, I know you guys have a signature series uh, ball. Why don't you let people know who they, they can purchase? I know there's George McGinnis I saw, and there's a bunch of guys that, that have signed balls for you. Yeah. George McGinnis has signed. Rick Barry has signed Dan Issel. Um, we've got Mel Peterson who played in the very first ABA game. And so he puts that stat on the basketball. Uh, we have Jim Eakins, who's a big time ABA guy. We have, of course, we have Darnell Hellman. He was the very first signature series we did. And he does a special stat line on there about being the first NBA slam dunk uh, champ. Um, Who's coming this month? Who's coming for October? Uh, October is probably going to be a combination of, because we haven't released the Dan Issel yet. So it'll probably be Dan Issel and um, Daryl Carrier. Do you have one planned for, the, uh, for Dr. J? Uh, yeah. We are going to do Dr. J. That's going to be probably around January. I'm sorry, around, around Christmas time when we'll be releasing our George Mikan um, commissioner basketball. That'll be an actual replica, exact replica of the first ABA basketball ever made. All right. Well, I'm going to put my order in right now for Dr. J. I would like, re please reserve one Dr. J. <laughs> okay. You're the first pre-order. <laughs> I went to UMass, Sarnell, so I have a spot, soft spot for, for Dr. J. Um, hey, I understand not a problem. I'm not threatened by that. My ego <laughs> does not bother me. You know, everyone has a favorite player or a favorite style of play. And I think it's uh, upon the athlete and his character to, like you said, you've just expressed to me that Julius is a favorite of yours. Why should I be offended by that? <laughs> Julius is a favorite of half the country or, or around the nation. So, uh, any of those that have seen Julius or myself, you have the right to choose who your favorite is. Some will choose me, some will choose him. You've chosen Julius. I'm not offended <laughs> by that. More power to you. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? I have, I have to jump in and tell you, do you know that, that uh, Darnell and I, when we first were becoming friends, you know, many years ago now, um, I said to him that he was always my favorite player. And I could just tell he had that look on his face that I've seen on other athletes faces when people tell them that right he's looking at me like well that's nice of you to say but i'm sure you I, you know i wasn't really your fan and i said no you actually were my number one by far favorite player i didn't care about anybody else when i opened up a pack of gum if it wasn't during that moment i threw it away and he's just kind of looking at me like yeah yeah whatever so i said okay i'm going to bring you i stood in line at washington square and i for an hour when i was 14 years old to get his autograph on and i still have it so I brought it in. It's all old and yellowed, and it's a you know it's a playing days vintage you know picture that he signed for me, and it's all yellow. And I finally got him to do to understand he, he really was my favorite. <laughs> Darnell, do you do many autograph signings, in-person autograph signings? Uh, yeah, from time to time, uh, upon request. You know, uh, when I worked with the Pacers, uh, that was part of my job assignment was to 
keep our player, retired players out in the community mm -hmm. and doing autograph sessions. And then now we have uh, memorabilia shops around town that uh, Scott's familiar with. And sometimes they'd like to have three or four players come up there and we do autographs there. And then, you know, traveling around town, people are constantly asking. I still get mail uh, for doing the cards. Yeah. Every week, at least I, I'll get at least two letters per week to autograph cards. And some of these guys are sending in like, seven and eight cards yeah that's packet. wrong and yeah and i'm like oh yeah i'll either put a note in there hey i want my cut because i know you're selling these <laughs> or or i'll sign maybe three or four of them and keep the rest for myself yeah you, yeah you you, you you were known for for your dunking and, and your athleticism uh, during your playing days and, and obviously your your nickname was dr dunk who gave that to you the new york press the first time Julius and I met out in New York playing against each other, uh, Julius was down on one end throwing down some warm-up dunks, and then I started throwing down some warm-up dunks, and the, the fans got involved. You could hear the oohs and ahs, and they were watching one end, and then they'd look at the other end to see what the, that one's going to match. And at the end of that ball game, the New York Press writes this article, sorry, Dr. J., there's a new doctor in the house <laughs> and his name is Dr. Dunk. And that followed me from New York all the way back to Indianapolis and has been with me ever since. And that's now how I got the name Dr. Dunk. There's a couple of cool stories about your, your leaping ability. Uh, one that, that really made me smile. A reporter asked you if it was true, if you could grab a quarter off the top of the backboard. And, and what was your response to him? And leave two dimes on a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you say if you put a hundred dollars up there, I'll, 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 I'll. if you're going to jump that high, you're going to pay. You're going to have damages later <laughs> on. So you want to get paid, and it's not worth jumping that high for a quarter. But I was a high jumper in college. I was on the track team with uh, John Carlos, Tommy Smith, and Lee Evans. Uh, we won the NC two A back to back. So I jumped over seven feet and I brought my high jumping skills to the basketball court. And that's where everyone sees that, um, that leaping ability that I had back then and, um, as a shot blocker and going that. So my rookie year, supposedly, they put a hundred dollar bill on top of the backboard and I put it in my pocket. And that's my story. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. And the slick started that rumor the next year, if you put a quarter on top of the backboard, Darnell would jump up, take the quarter down, leave two dimes in the nickel. That's how that story got started. <laughs> Scott, you had a really successful uh, reunion, ABA player reunion a few years back. Is that in the plans for having a new, another one? Yeah, we're, we're actually planning right now to have one up in Chicago. Um, it's a super early stage, but we're thinking sometime in the March March timeframe, having some kind of a celebratory to celebrate the recognition payments that the you know, NBA announced, um, hopefully they will start paying the guys by, at least by then. Um, but we're going to have that sometime in March, I think. Yeah, you mentioned the, 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 the payments, uh, the a NBA Players Association agreed to pay the ABA players $24.5 million uh, as almost kind of a pension, right? As, a, as a, uh, some type of... Yeah, we asked for, we asked for a pension. Um, they, they, uh, they provided something they're calling recognition payments because they don't want to call it a pension for legal yeah. reasons. So yeah, $24.5 million they've agreed to, to pay the guys. Although they, again, they made that announcement in early July. 
and here we are, you know, in October almost, and uh, the guys still haven't been paid. So I have another meeting with the NBA lawyers Monday, and I'm just hoping that at some point the red tape stops and the checks get cut. Yeah, that's what, right. It's easy to issue press releases. It's hard to write checks sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're speaking with Scott Tardis. Scott is founder and CEO of DroppingDimes.org. And what DroppingDimes.org does is raises money for uh, former ABA players because they're not covered under the pension plan. And we just mentioned the ABA Players Association has agreed to pay $24.5 million. And hopefully that funds will be released to help out former ABA players. We're also talking with Darnell Hillman. Darnell Hillman played with uh, a number of teams from 19... Uh, where is it? 1971 to 1980, including the Indiana Pacers, where he won two ABA champions, the New York, the New Jersey Nets before, before they were in Brooklyn, the Denver Nuggets, the Kansas City Kings, and he finished his career with the Golden State Warriors, who drafted him back in 1971 with the first uh, round and the eighth overall pick. It's a lot of stuff there, Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Darnell, of well, course, won... Darnell, of course, won the first NBA slam dunk contest in 1977. That was after the merger. And what did they give you? They gave you a, a car, right, or a big trophy. What did, what did you get for winning that? that, that, that uh, All I got was $15,000 check for $15,000. Yep. And each round that I participated in, each and every one of my teammates made $300. So by winning the whole thing, they all accumulated $1,500 each. And I got a check for $15,000. Um, no trophy, no recognition. Brent Musburger called me into his suite right after the winning. And he wanted to see if I would go one-on-one -on -one against Julius Irving to see who the best was. And I said, well, excuse me, Brent, but I just won the contest. We know who the best is. I'm yeah. the best this year. I, I, I'm the winner. Well, will you go against Julius Irving? And so, well, what's in it for me? I know... And just like you did, Brent was a very favorite, highly, highly crazy about Julius. And he wanted to see Julius get that. So he kept at me. And again, I kept adding, Brent, what's in it for me? You want me to what? You want me to go one-on-one -on -one against Julius? How should I win? Am I going to be benefit from this? And here's what he said. Would you put your check up that you just won for fifteen thousand? I'll go to CBS and see if they'll put another ten, so you'll compete against Julius for twenty-five thousand to see who the best is. And I looked at him and I said, "You have my home phone number and you have my home address. You got two weeks." And <laughs> really, I, mean, I would have said, uh, "I would have said, no way. I'm only. It's only ten thousand dollars. I'm winning. That, yeah, that, yeah. The math doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't add up." But I, I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off because I'm not a name known recognition. And the only reason I think Brent would consider me going against, Julius weren't that far from style-wise and height-wise, looking similar on the floor, but he wanted the, it to be Julius Irving versus Darnell at the first NBA dunk contest. Did you have to, you you and uh, all the other ABA players after the merger, did you have to tone down your game uh, in terms of creativity and athleticism to match the, the uh, NBA? Or did the NBA players have to kind of come up to your style? I think it was more of depending on the teams that you played with. The ABA style or ABA teams that merged into the NBA, 
they kept their style of play. And the NBA had to adjust to keep up because we understood how to use the three-point and how to really pull the big guys out. So you start to see the, the league, the rest of the team started adjusting and making those changes to their style of play. And that's where we now have this quick pace, get up the floor real fast. And if you've got the three-pointers open, you let it go. Or if you can take it all the way to the glass and you finish. Well, it was interesting, right? Because the year after the merger, the two highest scoring teams in the NBA right. were ABA teams. It was the it was the Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs were one and two in scoring the first year after the merger. That tells you everything you need to know right there. That along with the, I believe, the first 15 or 16 stats, scoring-wise, percentage, all led by ABA ball players. Right, and you look at the uh, all-star teams of 77, 78, 79, those are all, they're all a lot, not all, but a lot of it, ABA players are on that, that team. Half of them. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to see our style of play around the country and they finally had their shot at it. I've had, I've had even somebody say to me one time on a podcast, they said, yeah, but that's because the ABA guys were running up and down the floor and playing offense, but, but, uh, but, but, you know, they weren't concerned about other aspects of the game. And I've, I said, well, First of all, half the All Stars were 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 ABA players, and so that takes into consideration your overall style, your overall play, and that's rebounding and defense as well. But Don Boozy led the NBA in assists the year after the merger, and he's an ABA player from the Pacers. So mm-hmm. it's not really an argument you can make that that contradicts the ABA's contributions to the league. Right. I mean, if you look at the NBA back in the early, mid to early seventies, uh, it was a different league. You know, I mean, in terms of yeah. Uh, taught you know it's not when somebody thinks the, the nba today in, in 1975 the, the the nba was a totally different league than it than it was today and i yeah. you know it, it it could have gone the other way honestly if the aba could have been the one but they just said the nba had history and some money behind it and that's really what what dictated the merger don't you think yeah that and i think they wanted to well the fact that they're two biggest players from the NBA during that time, left the NBA and came to the ABA. And the NBA had to figure out how to stop that. When they lost Rick Berry and Will Chamberlain, yep. they started to hear rumors of other players considering coming to the ABA as well. And uh, they wanted to stop that. And I think that's where you're seeing that, that change that happened. The NBA during that time, the subject that you're talking about, it was a half court game. Yeah, the half court, walk it up half court, whereas we were more wide open. And, hey, let's get this thing going. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the 76 finals the other day with the, the Suns and the, the Celtics, that famous triple overtime game. And it was mm-hmm. a different game. You know, there's no three point territory. It's just a slow game. It's just a totally different game than, than we have today. Yeah, very much of a half court. Uh, you know, and, and I love basketball. I've loved it my whole life. So, you know, there's something to be said for a half-court motion offense, but it's not nearly as entertaining and offensive-oriented, which is what the NBA is all about today. And uh, that all came from the NBA. We're talking with Scott Tardis. Scott is founder and CEO of uh, DroppingDimes.org, which is a charity that earns money for former ABA players. You can go to DroppingDimes.org to learn more. Uh, to make a donation if you want to help out, help out the cause. You can also, they have all sorts of great memorabilia for sale through Lana Sports. There are cards, balls, signature series balls, uh, ABA balls, which are the 
outstanding, just all sorts of cool stuff to purchase. And the, the profits from that go to help out the dropping uh, dimes.org and the ABA players. Uh, we are speaking with Darnell Hillman, who is Dr. Dunk, forever Dr. Dunk. There's worse nicknames to have than Dr. Dunk, right, Darnell? <laughs> <laughs> it's, been great. it's been great to be remembered by that nickname. <laughs> Dar Darnell played uh, in the ABA in the NBA from 1971 to 1980 with the Pacers, Nets, Nuggets, the Kansas City Kings, and the Golden State Warriors. Darnell, going back to the ABA, was there any uh, fan base that you enjoyed playing for or against? And and is there did you have any uh, special rivalry rivalries in terms of players you like to go up against? I had um, you know the name Willie Wise. Yep. From Willie Utah, Wise, right? He played for Utah, right? Correct. Willie Wise taught me how to dunk basketball. We went to uh, we went to a high school in San Francisco, so that was one of my favorite players to play against because I could never stop him. <laughs> I could never stop him. Every day in practice, I would play Roger Brown one on one sure. basketball, and I only beat Roger twice in two years, so that. Uh, Roger was my measure of me being able to get better defensively and going up against the opponents out there in the league. Now, in terms of teams, I think uh, Indiana Pacers had a rivalry uh, with the Utah Stars. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it became the uh, Kentucky Colonels. And then I think we may have finished a little bit with the New York Nets. Was it, was it difficult um, as a player uh, in terms of, you know, a team would be there one year and then not the next year. There was all sorts of uh, franchise movement in, in the ABA. And I guess on instability, was that difficult for, for you as a player? Or you didn't really bother with that? Uh, it was difficult in as league-wise because you were seeing so many teams drop out, but the players were being moved elsewhere. And you were fortunate if you got to a franchise that was strong enough to avoid a great deal of that. But the, we had a couple of moments there where we wondered whether or not the paycheck to come in on the first and the 15th. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we, that must uh, have been harrowing as, as yeah, you know, yes. man. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And I think that was the reason why so many owners wanted to merge with the NBA so that they could be assured of continuing to make the dollars and having a good product out there on the floor. Um, again, I think our style of play was the key in the NBA having to really consider getting involved with the ABA style of play because demand was really big around the country uh, to see our style of play. And because of how we were bringing players in, it wasn't based on the NBA. If you were 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", you're going to be a power forward. Yeah. Where the ABA was based on your skill set. Magic came in as a big guard, you know, who would think six foot eight point guard handling the ball, bringing it against NBA wouldn't have considered that had it only been one league. But when they saw the success of how we were doing in our league, Magic in college picking up on that, when he came into the NBA, they had already adopted a great deal of style of our play and starting to see that. But different development in players. I was tickled to see so many seven footers facing the basket out at the three point line of yeah. coming down on the fast break and you give it to them. And then they're launching it and making them. So it's a, 
very unique style in the game. I think the NBA had to keep up. They had to make some changes in their style and how they approached the thing. Beneficial for a lot of players today that we see around the country getting a chance to display their skills and ability. Are there any players today that remind you of your game when you see them on the court and say, hey, that guy kind of plays a little like me? Not today. The last player that uh, I would probably look at would probably, I'd say Dominic Wilkins. Okay. Yeah, he'd be the last one. These guys today, they're specialists. And they only do one or two things very, very well, but everywhere else they're really lacking. Um, back in the ABA days or the NBA days, you had to play both ends of basketball court or you didn't get very much playing time. Towards the, towards the end of your career, you played with a, a, a number of teams. You went from to New, New Jersey and Denver and the Kansas City and the Warriors. Was it, it was it hard to move around for you personally, going from city to city like that? Uh, well, because you were with one team for so long in Indianapolis. Yeah, it, um, yes, and if you had a bond with the city or you start to make friends in different areas, yeah, it could be very, very tough. Um, during my last season in league, understanding that at some point I was going to consider retirement, it didn't bother me that much. And the other part was that, uh, what you haven't mentioned is the last team that I was with was the Lakers. Okay. And I was cut before the season started there. But being down there with them, I was born in L.A., raised in San Francisco, went to college in San Jose. So I was very comfortable with where I was geographically and time-wise in my career. So it wasn't that big a thing. Plus, when you make the moves, the franchises pick up the bill. Now, if you had to pay that yourself and all those different moves that's you know anywhere from seven to fourteen thousand dollars every time you make a transfer somewhere so if the company is willing to do it then they saw some value in it. but that that's cool history too though because one thing i learned after i became friends with darnell is he's talking to me about the lakers and i did the same thing jeff you did i was i never knew that because he, you know, Darnell's name doesn't show up with the Lakers that year because he was cut before the season started. But he was in training camp with yeah. with with a rookie, Magic Johnson. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the the doc, the HBO documentary series. Did you watch that, and how true to form was that? Which which the, series? The HBO series on the Lakers that they just, oh no, I haven't just seen that. You didn't get to see it. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, having been there and been a part of. Uh, what went on, I did not want to see it because what you can show on television and doing in there is so much deeper than that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a laugh, guy. Yeah, I can understand you're going to make some dollars off of this. And you barely scratch the surface. But that goes a lot deeper than what they're showing there. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure stuff they can't show, right? <laughs> yeah, stuff they can't show or... They choose not to not to show sure. what the image is going to uh, look like in terms of, you know, hey, we want to be considered baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet. Right. You know, and <laughs> if you start showing some of the things that these teams and franchises have been doing, oh, like this, um, not to bring it up, but, you know, what's going on in Boston right now. 
every franchise has got something like this going on. Yeah, it just happened. He got caught. Somebody got upset and decided to drop a dime on him, and he got caught. But every franchise is going through something similar to that. And, and it's been going on for a long time. And it's in all sports. It's not just basketball or baseball or basketball, football. Every sport. Some of the stories I hear about the golfers. Everybody sees these golfers as, as you know, angels and, <laughs> and, and angelic and stuff like that. Boy, after their tournaments are over, whoo, the party's there. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Maybe I should take it up golf because I, I, you know, when I played with a red, white, and blue ball, but I didn't have the athleticism to match. <laughs> <laughs> but we all felt like we did with that red, white, blue ball. <laughs> no, I know. I love I love that ball. It's so so uh, iconic and, and so nostalgic. And I was speaking with Scott Tarter. He is founder of DroppingDimes.org and CEO in Lana Sports. Scott, what do you have in store for Dropping Dimes for the, for the next year? Some of the things that, that uh, are going to come out. We talked maybe about doing a, a reunion. Is there some other yeah. events that collectors and fans might be interested in? Well, yeah, there's so I'm going to emphasize that, you know, some people have, have asked, uh, set dropping dimes, you know, hey, what are you going to do now that the NBA has announced this $24.5 million pension? Well, first of all, the numbers that are involved there for these guys, that's $24.5 million over their lifetime spread around 115 guys. So I always tell people, remember, what you're talking about is $957 a month um, up to $3,600 a month. So it's not, you know, it's not going to take care of every single problem. And there's 24 guys um, who also received an NBA pension. And in, in a lot of cases, it was a minimum three-year NBA pension. But look at Louis Vampier, nine Hall of Fame years in the ABA, three years at the end of his career in the NBA. But because of the way they did the recognition payments, he will get nothing for his nine years in the ABA because he had a three-year pension. There's a lot of guys in that position. There's a whole bunch of guys, over 100 former ABA players who didn't play three full seasons. They might have even played two full seasons and two partial seasons, but that doesn't, that didn't qualify. So there's lots of guys who are going to continue to need help. The, the Atlanta sports replica ABA basketball is the official basketball of this docuseries. So you're going to see it all over the place. And we're going to continue to try to raise money through uh, Atlanta sports. Uh, we are going to have the reunion in March. We hope, I mean, it's very, very early stage in Chicago and we'll probably set it up. So the guys will be signing autographs. Um, at that Chicago show, um, Julius has committed and we're going to see if we can get uh, at least another 25 to 40 players up there to see if we can have a celebration. Um, and then, you know, we'll show up every once in a while, um, dropping dimes will at the monster sports show, the Midwest monster sports show or other things with a couple of guys like Darnell, um, because he's always so giving up his time uh, to help with the cause at dropping dimes. And how about cards or, or any uh, memorabilia, new memorabilia released through Lana Sports? What what are some of the things they have that are going to become available this year? Um, well, we're we're probably going to come up with some new products here soon. We're going to have some backpacks that we're going to come out with. We're probably going to do some team pennants here pretty soon. Some replica. That's pennants. a great idea. Those those old logos are fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And we're doing t-shirts with a, We've got a partnership with Cincy Shirts, which is they're called old school shirts online, and you can get player. Uh, shirts online um, um, with old school shirts. You can get ABA shirts and ABA t-shirts and ABA player shirts. You can get this awesome Darnell Hillman, uh, Dr. Dunk, 1977, first NBA slam dunk competition shirt. 
Wendell Ladner, the iconic Wendell Ladner laying there, you know, naked with the ABA ball covering <laughs> his, his, his privates. Yeah, I mean, don't you, Darnell, don't you think one of the, the lasting memories of the ABA is the characters, the people, the, the guys that played in the ABA, like like, like Bob Metalicki and uh, some of the guys that, that are still with us that, that really uh, made the ABA? Yeah, I do. I think the, the fact that the personalities were able to show and the teams didn't do a whole lot to stymie that uh, yeah you know on the basketball court during the game hey we want you guys to conduct yourselves as athletes but off the court because of the the way the nba presented itself off the court we didn't want to be anything like that plus it was during the times the 70s you know, you had the bell-bottom pants, you had the uh, disco music, shoes, the yeah. silk shirts, the psychedelic look, fur collar shirts and coats. Hey, we wanted to express ourselves, and we certainly got a chance to do that. Very few guys in the NBA would do that. I think Clyde Freddie was the only one that truly dressed that style and being able to express what he wanted to say of himself. But everything else about the NBA was sports jacket, turtleneck, man, conduct yourselves as gentlemen. Not to say that we didn't, but we just had a good time at it and people gathered around us. So one of the fun things about the ABA, it was not uncommon for us to go into a city, play a ball game, and then you go out after the game is over and you may run into fans that were there at the game. And for the rest of the night you're there, you can't buy a single drink. They're taking care of everything for you. So you, those kinds of things happen through all of our careers. And we really enjoyed that part of the game. Um, we're very touchable. The ABA players realized that if the league was going to survive, we had to become a unit, a family. Now, when the game was played, we hate each other like cats and dogs. But once the game was over, you left all those feelings on the court. Now we had to become ambassadors of the league and promote the league. So we try to do it in a positive way in the different cities that you were in being seen together. You know, you don't see two teams going out that have just played tonight, war and battle going on, blood coming right. off these guys and now they're going out and having dinner and socializing. You just don't see that anymore. Did you have a, a player that you, you hated to see in the lane to go up against like, I'm not driving up against this guy because I'm going to be black and blue at the end of the night. <laughs> no, uh, if there was anyone that really created a great deal of difficult, I would say it would be artists. Artists. Everyone, everyone has its artists. <laughs> you know, my thing was, uh, now I wanted to be able to, I understood I could jump but I wanted to be considered a power leaper. So it took me a couple of times of just grabbing a rebound and exploding back up off the floor and dunking over the top of it. Now, if you gave me a step or two, then I could pull the dunk off, but yeah. just to be able to jump up over him from standing flat-footed, that was my thing. Once I got that, then my next goal was, now I got to block his dunk. Do you, have a do you have a favorite dunk during a game? Is there one, one that, that uh... Yeah, maybe there's a, a video clip of or something that you really a, a dunk day like, e wow, I even surprised myself on that one. 
Um, no, I don't have a favorite one because one of the things I used to do was practice different styles of dunk. And I see these guys, they go out and they jump up and they jump from the floor to the rim. We were jumping from the floor to the square. Sure. And so there's a lot more time there and there's a lot more things that you could do in that time. Right. And I was always working. Yeah. And I was working on, okay, if I jump, what's the defense going to react to the first part of my move? And then while I'm in the air, can I change and create something else? So I spent a lot of time learning how to react based on what the defense is going to show and give me um, not uncommon for guys to make you change direction. Do you still have your championship rings from, from uh, the ABA championships? Yes, I do, sir. Uh, I've got one and my other one I gave to my son. And he's trying to get me uh, to let go of the last one I have. And I keep telling him, man, you got to wait for me to be pushing a base. <laughs> Scott, does he, show, does he show it off to you? Oh, constantly. Constantly. <laughs> People, and he's always bragging about it. He's always showing it off. He wears, he wears it more than I wore, wear mine. <laughs> That's funny. Well, guys, I want to thank you very much for your time today. I, I kept you a little longer than expected. I just love talking uh, ABA and, and sharing ABA stories. Once again, it's Scott Tarter, DroppingDimes.org. Guys, go check it out, DroppingDimes.org. The money goes to help out former ABA players who have uh, hit hard times. There's all sorts of sports memorabilia and collectibles that you can buy at LanaSports.com. Thank you, Mr. Darnell Hillman, Dr. Dunk, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Darnell is a, uh, a great signer of cards, TTM, through the mail, autographs through the mail. I know he gets requests all the time and, and is constantly signing. Scott, is, is, uh, did, you, did, Scott, did you ever think you were going to be an ambassador for the ABA like, it, like it's turned out to be? No, not at all. It's like the most Forrest Gump thing of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow I find myself in the family with guys like Darnell, and I'm just like, sometimes I just, even even having breakfast with him, we're having breakfast this morning, and it, it didn't happen this morning, but I can't tell you the number of times I'll just be talking to somebody, and I'll, all of a sudden, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'll just go, hey, this is Darnell Hillman. This is Dr. Dunn. <laughs> this is like, I want his autograph. Every once in a while, I still ask him for an autograph. <laughs> I know it's it's great, and I think you're doing a great job. So again, thank you guys. We I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Well, Drew, we did it. Our first show of October. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it's October. It's so awesome. Yes. I mean, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I spent you know so much of the first half of the year counting down to my whole trip and everything, and then the trip comes, the trip goes, and now it's like just kind of rolling on after I'm like, God, how do we get to this point already? I know it's crazy. I got a lot of collectible stuff coming up in October. I've got, we've got the uh, Northeast card expo on the 16th. I got Patriots uh, alumni day on the 30th. We've got uh, the greater Boston sports collectors convention. And the first weekend in November, there's a lot of cool uh, collecting stuff coming up. Um, at first, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to hopefully get rid of this stupid cold, and I apologize for coughing uh, through it, everyone. Uh, I want to thank Darnell Hillman and Scott Tarter for joining us uh, from DroppingDimes.org and from uh, the ABA. It was great to talk to them. I want to thank Tim Virgilio from Signatures for Soul just for dropping uh, by. It was, it was awesome to talk to him. I want to remind everyone about our new sponsor, Drip Shop Live. 
you can get uh, $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. And you get free shipping with Drip Shop Live. Drip Shop Live is an online marketplace for sports cards. They have giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles. And they're giving $15 off the first purchase of $20 or more. Plus free shipping. You go to dripshop.live forward slash invite forward slash TTM. Check it out. You don't have to worry about writing that all down. It is You just go to our uh, website, ttmcast.com, click on, click on the Drip Shop Live uh, logo, and it'll take you right to that, that URL. So uh, give them a try. Next week, we have Warren Lufer, who is from Arena Club, which is he is business development, vice president of business development at Arena Club, and that's the new grading company that uh, Derek Jeter is a part of. So we're going to talk to Warren about what's going on there. Drew, you have anything else you want to add before we, I let you go? No, I think we got everything here pretty well covered. All right. Again, thank you, my friend. Hopefully you have a lot of returns this week and, and uh, have a great time at the Yankees and Rangers game. Hopefully you get some good autographs there. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners. Guys, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you at ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right, Drew, I'll drop the quarter in the mail to you for, for the five email mentions. Guys, many happy returns. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.